Don't worry, I won't mess up this recording so we don't have to record it again like we did that one time. Are you good to go? Oh, yeah. I'm just um, cleaning up paper mache. All right. I'm good when you're good. Okay. Here we go. Let's take another sip of tea. Hold on. Ah, delicious. This better be your new catchphrase. Or every time you start a new conversation, all right, time for a sip of tea. <laughs> people make fun, like people pointed out to me that I always start the pods with that. So like, mm-hmm. if you listen to like every pod, that's usually how I start. Like coming off the theme music, I usually go with, all right, now it's time for a sip of tea, and let's get this conversation started. Okay, all right. <clears throat> Hello, world. <laughs> Welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast. We are recording this the week after Thanksgiving, and I hope everyone listening, if you do celebrate that particular holiday, had a lovely holiday. And if you didn't, hope you're having a good time all the same. I'm very, very happy and overjoyed to welcome back my wife, Rachel. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful, husband. It's so good to hear your voice. Yes, it is. It is always a pleasure. We got to see each other. We don't get to see each other very often. But we did get to see each other earlier this year, which was awesome, even though I kind of freaked out on you. Uh, just a little, but it's okay. But I, I don't like guns. That's all I'll say. I just don't – I'm not a big fan of guns. But it was still lovely seeing you. Um, it was nice getting to meet your lovely boyfriend, Andrew, and meeting all your friends because we did have a good time together. It was a lot of, lot of fun, and I can't wait to go back to see you. No guns though next time. I won't put you near the guns. <laughs> or better yet, next time, why don't y'all come down, down here to Austin and we can have a good time. I mean, that's the plan. I want to go back to San Antonio especially. Oh, I've only been to San Antonio once, and it was kind of uh, – it wasn't the most ideal situation. There was – it was – I didn't get to really have fun there, like my own kind of fun. I was with family, so I had to like play along. But anyway, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? I worked a majority of the weekend, mm-hmm. but I got excited because of Black Friday more than anything, because I got a new Alienware laptop for gaming. Oh, nice, nice. That's That does sound awesome. Uh, but Thanksgiving as a whole, it was it was good to see family, fight over the deviled eggs, you know. The- you miss, miss me on them deviled eggs, man. I can never get into deviled eggs. <sighs> you haven't had mine. This is true, but I just – I don't really like hard-boiled eggs t- to begin with. Like I like either like scrambled, fried, you know, poached, soft-boiled. Over-easy man or over-hard man? I'm an over-easy man. Mm, you're easy, huh? I'm very easy. We're, we're, get, we're getting to that, all right? We're getting to that, all right? <laughs> uh, well, it's good to hear, man. I also had a good Thanksgiving. I was in town. I was in Baton Rouge and New Orleans uh, all of – pretty much all of last week it it was a great time i got to see my little niece claire i got to see my other niece emmy i got to you know hang out with friends i don't get to see very often that i only get to text or message online uh with and it was it was good new orleans is still doing all right even though like literally the day i left there was a shooting on canal street but hey you know what we're not going to focus on that we're going to focus on the fact that the city's doing well the saints are the number one seed right now in the nfc it's awesome. I'm very happy about it. And LSU is going to go to the SEC championship. They play this coming weekend. You know, like life life, life is good right now as it stands. But yeah. So are you looking forward to Christmas? Very much so. Same here. Uh, mainly because I actually get to work it a lot. Like I know I'm, holidays is my favorite time to do like be with family and charitable work and things like that. But I'm doing a lot of exciting things with my job. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this month and that. For the for the people listening who may not be familiar, what would you like? Would you like to plug your job? <laughs> I run and build escape rooms at River City in Richmond. 
and it is probably the best job in the world. It's definitely right up your alley, and we were talking about this off the pod, but you also are flourishing on the gram, as I like to say, or as I as I phrased it. Uh, you have a cosplay Instagram now, too. Would you like to plug that as well, or? <laughs> I mean, sure. It's, so I recently created a my different Instagram than my regular, because I figured all my friends that were on my regular Instagram probably didn't care too much about all the cosplay I was getting or am getting into. Yeah. So I created Rayotic Neutral, which I thought was clever. It is clever. I dig it. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, next weekend, I'm going to go as uh, I'm going to shoot as Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. There it is. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you. Well, we might touch on this with when the conversation starts. When we start getting into the topic. But let me tell you, as a young man. As a young boy, that Michelle Pfeiffer and that Catwoman outfit, whoo, buddy, that was something special. So I am very looking forward to seeing how you pull it off. We'll see. Now that I'm down, I'm just going to have to send you uh, pictures from when the shoot photos come back. And I'm going to send it to you framed and everything. Oh, boy. That would, that would, you know what? I do have a birthday coming up if you want to save it for that occasion. <laughs> done. Consider it done. Uh, but yeah, man, that's really cool. I'm really glad to see that you're you're doing that. It's, it's a, uh, you, you, you. Again, I'm not into cosplay, but I appreciate the artistry and the effort that goes into it, sort of like escape rooms. I'm not into that, but I do appreciate the the effort and the uh, devotion people have to their that craft. But I'm happy to see that you're doing something you love, man, and you're sharing it with the rest of us. It's really cool. See, and that is why you're the perfect husband. You're very supportive. You might not like the things that I do, but you're supportive of them, and I love it. Hey, man, as long as you don't, like, fucking support the Atlanta Falcons or, like, or like the fucking make America make America great again, motherfuckers. I'm cool with you. I don't really like. Hey, man, do what you got to do. And obviously, if you're not hurting anyone, of course, like anyone. I don't would. even think Falcons fans can be Falcons fan after that 23 lead. Uh, 25, 25 point lead. 25 was 25. Oh yeah, because it was 23. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, going back to the Saints, my mother has been a diehard Redskins fan her entire life, and after this last season, she comes to me and she says, or like from last year. This season, she is a proclaimed Saints fan. Excuse me? I was like, no. Welcome to the party. No. I was like, no. If anything, you're going to be a Panther fan like me. And she's like, no. Saints is where it's at. Paint me like a giant Florida Lee. Like, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm now very offended. Welcome to the Houdat Nation. We got plenty of room, people. Anybody who wants to hop aboard, go right ahead, man. But I got to warn you. It's probably going to end in soul-crushing defeat like it has the past couple of years. But, you know, like I'm just saying it's a good time, but it usually ends bad for us because – So you're here for a good time, not a long time. Exactly. It's probably going to like fall off a cliff, but it's a good time on the on the way to that cliff. But, yeah, the Panthers just fired their head coach, man. I was not expecting that, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean they've been talking about it for years. They've been yeah. wanting – like they've been back and forth of like – the, the you know owners they wanted to get rid of Ron like three four years ago, yeah. um, but the fans have been like no, and even the players have been like no. But now it's I mean it's heartbreaking, but it's time. It's like a bittersweet breakup. Yeah, you guys don't want to break up, but it's what's best for everyone. It is what's best, and I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really gonna look forward to see what y'all do with Cam over the off season. I was reading a lot about it and hearing a lot about it. Like, I really wonder if he'll be on y'all's roster because if he isn't, that's a shame because Cam Newton was one of the great is one of the greatest football players I've ever seen. And I actually, you know, even though y'all are in our division, I actually really like Cam. He's weird. He's fucking weird as shit. But like, 
I I don't think he's like a bad dude. He's just a very eccentric dude, and he's incredible. He he's incredibly talented. I hope he isn't injured beyond like repair. You know what I'm saying? Oh no, I have always like. I mean, I, I understand he's done some shitty shit in his college years, yeah. but I think he's a fantastic athlete. I think his outreach with like Boys and Girls Club and the Play Sixty and everything yeah. he does for the kids, at least in Charlotte, yeah. is wonderful. And I just I'm hopeful, but. I'm also a Panther fan, so I'm always hopeful, and that's about it. <laughs> anyway, enough of that sadness. Uh, a little backstory, folks. Let's. It's story time. Many months ago, I think over a year ago possibly, uh, right after we recorded the last episode we did, which was the Halloween episode in 2018, I, shortly after that, uh, Rachel, my wife here, present, mm-hmm. texted me out of the blue. She was like, John... By the way, who has episode 69? I'm like, well, I don't actually plan that far ahead. You know, I'm always focused on the next episode. I'm not looking that far ahead. She's And you were like, I don't care. I get episode 69. And I'm like, hey, man, it's all yours if you want it, dude. There's no, like, set system. Like, I kind of have a rotation, but not really. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 69. Nice. Giggity. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so... We felt it was appropriate, and it was more you were the inspiration uh, behind this topic. You wanted to talk about something very sp- specific, but not, but kind of broad at the same time. And you, we wanted to have an adult conversation while also making, you know, kind of sort of jokes about it because it is a silly topic, but it is an important topic. We wanted to discuss sex and sexuality. Like I said, we're all big boys and girls listening to this. There shouldn't be any children listening. So we're going to do our best to have a very, you know, respectful, tasteful, but also kind of silly conversation about this because that's the only way I know how to handle awkward situations is by kind of trying to, like, make light of them and laugh because that's just how my brain reacts to awkwardness. So I'm very excited about this. Are you ready to go, Rachel? I'm ready to go. It just makes sense that episode 69 would be one, both informative about sexuality and sex, but also making a joke of it. Because, come on, who doesn't remember being in middle school or high school, writing 69, someone going, <clears throat> like, snickering, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. that's what they said. So let's, let's, let's get started, and let's talk about some uh, terminology here, you know. Human sexuality is the way people experience and express themselves sexually. This involves biological, erotic, physical, emotional, social, and spiritual feelings and behavior. The Oxford Dictionary breaks down as the capacity for sexual feelings, a person's sexual orientation or preference, and sexual activity. So it is a pretty pretty well-encompassing term. But let me, let me break down some more of this sexual uh, orientation or preference. Because I do have a list. Because this is... Because we do live in a day and age where we try to be inclusive and we want to, you know, make sure everybody's represented. So let, let's break down a, a few terms, right? So obviously there is straight or heterosexual, which I believe I am. Rachel, would you care to share with us your sexual preference or sexual identity? So uh, most of my life, I would like to say bisexual. Okay. But n- now, understanding all the terminology and like different ways people can define themselves or describe themselves i am a big fan i think it's pan i want to say like there's still so many and i'm always trying to be like ever um open-minded about what people prefer to be uh pronouns and all of that and so i think the newest one is pan and basically that's just saying i don't care what you got going on i am attracted to you for you because of you like 
you're beautiful as a person. I don't care what that person is, or I respect that person and just see you for love. I like that term. It's like, you know, it's the idea of just someone meeting another person and just clicking and them not hesitating mm-hmm. because they're scared of societal opinions. Okay. So let me, before we get too ahead of ourselves, there is a distinction I wanted to make between three different categories here. There is your sex, your gender, gender. and your sexuality. There's a three mm-hmm. distinct categories of your own identity. Obviously, your biological sex is determined by your the sexual reproductive organs you were born with. You know, it is biological, and that even that's kind of a simplification because it can get more technical that once you have surgeries and hormone treatments and all that. So, and then gender, which is a societal thing, it's a cultural thing. It encompasses gender norms. You know, your masculine or feminine, and everything in between and outside of those that. Even if, even if you don't consider it a dichotomy, a fa- if you consider it a false dichotomy, it encompasses you know general gender norms, which are what your roles and actions and behavior are defined as per your gender. So, and sexuality, of course, is what we're about to talk about. We're not going to focus so much on sex and gender because that is those are whole other podcasts. Those are whole. Those are giant podcasts. Those are giant conversations. I would just like to say my personal sexuality is hey. You good looking? What's up? That, that's about it. <laughs> and I am again a heterosexual. Uh, I, I, I'll get into that about when when we're done going through these terms because I want to find out more about. I'll explain what how I how I arrived at how I am, and I will ask you mm-hmm. about how you arrived at you are. Let's uh, all right. Let's go through this list. Obviously, there's gay or homosexual where you're attracted to someone of the same sex as you. Let's see. And next is obviously lesbian, which is. It, it appears that this list that I have from refinery29.com, and I'll include this in the episode notes, there seems to be a distinction between gay and lesbian being gay is, is homosexual, but it's more male-orientated or just nondescript as far as gender is concerned. But lesbian is exclusively, you know, a woman who's attracted to other women. So mm-hmm. there seems to be that distinction. So there's bisexual, of course, which you mentioned, which means that you are a person who has the capacity to form enduring physical, romantic, and or emotional attachment to those of the same gender or uh, or to those of another gender. So again, bisexual, it's it's two. It's in the name. Okay, so, so next up is queer, which is something I've always grappled with. I'm like, I, I thought it was all queer, but apparently it's a little bit more elaborate than that. According to this, it says, queer is an adjective used by some people, particularly younger people, when sexual orientation is not exclusively heterosexual. Sometimes for those who only identify as queer, the terms lesbian and gay and bisexual are perceived to be too limiting or too fraught with cultural connotations they don't feel they don't feel apply to them. Uh, but many people identify as both queer and another sexual orientation. So yeah, I think I guess that means it's like it's kind of like I don't mean this as a pejorative or a negative connotation, but it's kind of like a wild card. Do you think that's fair? I do think that's fair. Okay, and again, we're... A wild card, in fact, I'm sure people might actually love that term if, say, you're at a party and be like, okay, we got over here, who's kind of scared if we play spin the bottle, we got over here, who's real excited, and we got a wild card. We're not sure how this round's going to go. Yeah, so, and again, this is a judgment-free zone. I'm not here to judge. Rachel's not here to judge. We're just presenting the information. Like, I don't give a fuck, seriously. Like, I, again, as long as you're not hurting anyone and you're not breaking any laws, and again, laws are kind of subjective depending on how, you know fucked up those laws are uh Mm -hmm. so but as long as you're not hurting anybody i do not give a fuck okay so next up we have 
uh, LGBTQ, which is the kind of the it's the acronym that kind of identifies this community. Uh, moving on, asexual, uh, an, an adjective to use to describe people who do not experience sexual attraction. And honestly, out of all the ones that we're going to discuss, Rachel, I find this group the most fascinating because, like, I can understand. Like, if someone came, if you, if someone came up to me, is like, I am attracted to this type of person or this gender or whatever. I can understand that because I, of course, am attracted to women. So I can at least there's some, you know, like uh, there's some there's some commonality. Yeah, there's a com- there's a commonality there. Asexual people, and there's different varieties of asexuality. I- I've come to find out, but. Like, I don't understand not being physically or sexually attracted to anyone. Have you ever met – I know someone who is asexual. I don't want to speak too much about her because I'm not exactly sure how she would phrase her sexuality. But I do know someone who is a friend of a dear friend of mine who is asexual. Do you know anybody – have you ever met anyone that's asexual? I have met people who are asexual. And I agree with you. I think it is fascinating. And you don't want to say, like, even I saying fascinating sounds like, oh, let's look at them under a microscope. Surely I would never want to do. But I do think that perspective is so rare mm-hmm. that it's it's just interesting. It really is. It Like, and then it, it, it kind of opened up a psychological can of worms for me because I was – all I could think was, man – asexual you're not attracted to anyone you're not trying to have sex with anyone what the fuck is the point of your life and then i was like is that how you define the point of your life john and that that was just like okay we can't go down that road right now that is that is a fucking nightmare forest of like implications so let's 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 just leave it attacking yourself to defend that statement if i can i imagine that would be a majority of people's initial reactions yes doesn't matter how old they're because part of the you know as humans, we're instinctual beings. We're animalistic. Yeah. We want food, shelter, and that. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of hardwired into us. Exactly. And I again, I find them immensely fascinating. I would like to meet more people like this way. Uh, I believe I know one other person, but I don't want to speak for this person that they are asexual because that would just be unfair. But I, di- I, I think I know someone who's kind of close to me that maybe, but I've never asked, so I'm not going to you know assume. But there is an adjective. There is an adjective. There's a flip side to asexual. I did not know this word until tonight. Allosexual. A l l o sexual, basically. Uh, an adjective used to describe people who do experience sexual attraction and are not asexual. So basically, an ase- an allosexual is the antithesis of an asexual. Okay. Now, oh, this is a good one. Aromantic, which I guess means the adjective used to describe people who do not experience romantic attraction. So I guess that is a. Well, this is a distinction we can get into later on, the difference between feeling romantic feelings and sexual feelings. Like you might feel – you might have the urge, but you don't necessarily have a sentimental attachment. Okay. Well, I would say I'm the opposite of that. I, I need that romance. I need that emotion for it to be. Is, yeah. there, is there a definition involving that word? No. Uh, I didn't see that. I guess it would just be romantic is – and then aromantic is the opposite of romantic. Uh, so. Oh, well, now you're just using logic on me. Yeah, there you go. And then we, we have heterosexual, we have homosexual, which we just touched on. Coming out, of course, a lifelong process of self-acceptance, you know, uh, uh, embracing your sexuality and your sexual identity. You know what I always found? And I remember talking to one of my good friends who is uh, a homosexual. He's a good dude. We used to work together. And I remember talking to him about this once. I was like, man, I'm really sorry for you, man. He goes, why? I was like... Because, man, you had to, like, come out. I didn't have to come out as straight, man. I feel like that's, like, this undue pressure and it's this burden that you – that a lot of people in the homosexual or just the LGBTQ community have to experience. And it's something us straight people never have to deal with. 
And he's like, you know, don't feel bad about that, man. He's like, you're kind of telling on yourself. I was like, why? He goes, because you think of coming out as this, like, negative trial-by-fire experience. He's like, for a lot of, uh, you know, homosexuals and other people in the LGBT community, LGBTQ community, he was like, it could be self-realization. It could be self-fulfillment. It could always be – it could be like awakening into a brand new world you were unaware of. So he's like, it's not always a bad thing, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that does make sense. Thank you. And we had a wonderful conversation. So Well, and in a way, though, that that's also a time period thing. That is a generational thing that is happening right now yeah. and has had to happen in, for previous generations. I feel like the next generation coming up, they are already so accepting – Mm-hmm. that and gender fluid and and then just all, all they're everywhere they're all on the spectrum and i feel like that won't be a thing anymore they won't have to have the conversation they'll just bring home their date like everyone else like the that we got to do growing up mm-hmm. without any stress or pressures and they'll be like oh this is my date and the parents will be like fantastic be safe tonight enjoy your evening okay. back at 10 okay that's very astute i, I totally agree and looking forward to that day so there's androsexual or androphilic, which is being primarily sexually, aesthetically, and or romantically attracted to masculinity. So I am not, but you, you well, a, 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 a heterosexual woman would feel this way. Next up is bicurious, which is very interesting, like the difference between bisexual and bicurious. It's like mm-hmm. for the longest time, like – well, we, I'll, we'll get into bisexuality because I have a lot to say on that. Bicurious is similar to questioning. People might say they are bicurious if they're experiencing – if they're exploring whether or not they're attracted to people of the same gender as well as people of another gender. So I feel like there is a lot – I think that we would – we were mistake. I think – I don't know what I'm trying to say. We – misrepresented by curiosity as just labeling it as bisexuality like oh you must be bisexual like no i'm bi-curious it's like no i'm just i don't know i'm I'm willing to think which i think we're being more open-minded to these days it's like sexuality isn't like this it's fluid right i think we all agree that it's fluid right rachel and uh, there's actually two sides of this though because i've gotten invites with good friends of mine who are some are encouraging and others almost feel the need to test you and when I say they feel the need to test you, when I was telling a group of friends I had lesbians, we were all about to go out for the night to Babes, which is a gay bar exclusively, mm-hmm. and or not exclusively, but I said, oh yeah, I'll have no problem going, I'm bisexual. And one of them said, no, you're not. And they almost got mad at me about it. They were like, you are bi-curious because you are in a committed relationship with a straight man. Yeah. And I said, that may be so, but I would also enter one a, a relationship with a woman if that was who i wanted personally i love me some threesomes with a chick and a dude mm. and they it was just this back and forth between bicurious and bisexual and we were all kind of it seemed like everyone was confused on what that defined or what that actually meant yeah uh thank you Sorry. for sharing of course no 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 you're good you're good i really appreciate it because again i can only speak from a, a male heterosexual point of view and i'm glad to hear other point of views especially on this pod so there's demi-romantic and demisexual, which is, again, words I've never heard of really. Uh, demi-romantic is people who do not experience romantic attraction until a strong emotional or sexual connection is formed with a partner. So they, I guess they don't necessarily go in feeling sexual feelings, and then once an emotional bond is formed mm-hmm. or romantic bond is formed, that's when they start to experience that, which is – I can't say I'm familiar with that, but yeah, that that tracks. That makes sense. And let's go to demisexual. Demisexual are people on the asexual spectrum who do not experience some sexual attraction, but only in certain situations, like 
after they formed a strong emotional or romantic connection with the partner. Huh. Again, not familiar with it, but okay. That makes sense. I, I, I can see where they're coming from on that one. This list also lists the two common uh, slurs against lesbians and homosexuals, which I will not repeat on here because that's not cool. Oh, this is the uh, – when we were talking about uh, androphilic and androsexual, the attraction to masculine, here is uh-huh. – oh, I hope I'm saying this right – gynosexual and gynophilic uh, being primarily sexually, aesthetically, and or romantically attracted to femininity. So there's Andro and Gyna. Okay. Polyamorous. Now this one is interesting because it, 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 it's up there with asexuality as something that just perplexes me. And I've had conversations with people about this like objectively. I've never really met anybody who's polyamorous. But I recently – okay. So like you haven't been on a dating app in a while I would imagine. I am on one currently but that is – about kind of polyamorousness okay without it's basically uh, when you and your partner and there's multiple people that have these you'll see and the best way to go about it i feel is to have the female pick but you'll you're swiping and it's pictures of both you and the person you're in a relationship and you're saying like hey um we're looking for a unicorn and a unicorn of course describes a rare yeah you know person rare situation like want to join and they're all over um, and people use Tinder, Feel. Uh, I think there's way too many for me to know how many is out there, honestly, yeah. or list. Well, I, I, I mentioned that to one of my good friends, and I kind of posted this online, but I was like, I, I don't think couples who've been in long-term relationships, I, I don't think that what they, what they wouldn't really appreciate or have a, a familiarity with about uh, dating apps is the prevalence of what you just described, the polyamorous or the open marriages – like mm-hmm. or the open relationships, the amount of those people and those couples looking for a side piece or a third, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think a long term couples would are, would realize how prevalent that is because it really so it's, many. it's so like it happens a lot. I am on Tinder, I'm on Bumble, and I am on OK Cupid. I think I don't know if I ever canceled that account. But OK Cupid's still in the game. That's awesome. <laughs> so I think. I have Tinder. I'm on Tinder and Bumble, which are the two biggest ones. I used to be on Hinge, but uh, I, it, it was too lame for me, and I was like, this is stupid. So I got off of that. But yeah, Tinder and Bumble I'm still on because I am currently single, uh, <laughs> even though Rachel – Rachel's aware of this. I was involved with someone earlier in the year, but it went south, and I'll, I'll fill you in on those details off the pod because you were kind of involved in me initiating – engaging with this woman about a year ago i was so proud of it too i was the whole the way the initiate it took off like a beautiful rocket i was so happy yeah it was it started off great (laughs) anyway 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 uh but so i'm very fascinated by this man like i don't want to pry into you your relationship but i just don't understand like oh you wouldn't be prying you can ask me like from your perspective you know me it's very hard to offend me yeah no matter what side unless you're wearing a red hat that says some words on it but about american greatness i'm kidding but um but with that with the polyamorous if you have any questions about it like we i never i always looked at that word like oh i will never ever like no and i also don't like i mean i understand people with open relationships but personally when i'm in a committed relationship with whomever i have feelings for if we want to get curious somewhere else, we do it together yeah. and not like it's it's a together thing because yeah. the relationship and keeping the relationship safe and the trust 
is the most important thing. But after we went on, hung out with a good friend of ours that mm-hmm. we met on Tinder, and they just fit. Like, yeah. and if it was like I was the dog and they were the cat. Okay. And it was like, you want, you want to be left alone and kind of ignored, like, but like have that presence, you hang out with the cat. You want to be covered in cuddles and kisses and the ooey gooey, you hang out with the dog, you know? Well, they'll never stop giving you attention. And it was like this very weird, harmonious situation where everyone just felt comforting. And that comfort you can sit in and everyone's quiet, no one's talking, and it just feels zen. And we were like, huh, maybe maybe this could work. But then they got wiped up and we were like, huh, the one that got away. Unicorn that got away. Uh, I see. Here's my thing, and I think it'll be very. I think people will come to this conclusion as the more I talk, but I'll just get it out there right away. I am, while I consider myself very liberal and very progressive and very open-minded and tolerant about several things personally, when it comes to sex and sexuality, I'm kind of a prude, which I attribute to my Irish Catholic, you know, Southern upbringing. There's there's a lot of under. The like behind closed doors, like not. I don't want to say repressed because I didn't feel like I don't feel like I couldn't talk about these things. It's just stuff that we didn't necessarily talk about, you know. Uh-huh. So polyamory and open relationships like that, whether you are doing it as a couple, like you described your relationship, or you're doing it with, you know, you're looking for a third, or if you're looking for, you know, a side piece, which is, I'm trying not to be derogatory here, I'm just, that's the word, that's the phraseology. Side piece seems acceptable. Yes. So, I just don't understand that. It does not make sense to my very uh, conservative mindset of relationships and romance. It's like, I just don't understand how you could claim to love someone wholly and be committed to someone like you described and be but be willing to share those either intimate or sexual engagements or behavior with someone else because in my mind and this again this might come down to the like I'm an atheist but I still am a still tech, I still consider myself catholic at some points but like I just always considered once you're in a committed, exclusive relationship, it's all or nothing, which is might be unfair and much might be archaic at this point. So what would you say to that? I would say be open. Yes. I, over the last few years, have become more and more open to things I did not know. And I don't just mean that. It's actually just in life. And, yeah. if, like, and that's just how people grow. And people grow in different ways and they grow into different things. And that's totally fine. And even if you don't understand it, you still are wonderful because you're open to listen to it and not saying that's just wrong. Just to you personally, it doesn't make sense, but you do understand and respect other people. So, and I'll give you a, we spoke on this when you visited that I was going to a not sex sex party (laughs) and I was nervous. I was like, 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 oh my goodness, I have no idea what I'm walking into. Yeah. And it turned out for lack of a better term i turned into the bell of the ball of course you did and i I didn't mean like and like it was nothing like the gentlemen were in tuxedos the women were walking around in lingerie it was very moulin rouge-esque everyone was respectful everyone understood consent you didn't touch anyone clearly it was not like eyes wide shut it wasn't glorified and people were having open sex it was nothing of that nature but there was a table where you could lay down and the woman working the table would have hot wax and she drip it on you i yeah. never had hot wax so i was like let me try i'm interested 
And then there's another table with ice cubes. And there's another table with rope. I avoided the rope. Like, you you had to pick, let me go, and let's see what's, what's happening over here. And you could try it or not. And it was just, it was so interesting. Because some people only wanted to participate. Some people only wanted to watch. It was all just interesting. But open-minded. And I left like a kid on, after a roller coaster, like, oh my goodness, when are we going again? But yeah, I can understand how a lot of people might think, like, I grew up thinking it is going to be me with one guy forever. I, that's it. Respect. Yeah. And I still believe, like, I still believe, like, I want to get married in my life. I yeah. want to have that marriage. Um, and I still am like, I'm not against polyamorism. It just so happened that that soul mm-hmm. worked well with our souls. But without that particular soul, I just want Andrew and I still to have an occasional threesome that's just sexual, but nothing polyamorous relationship-wise. Each experience is different. Each person is different. Yeah. I was having this conversation with my my good buddy, uh, Stephen, about it because he was like – uh, he's in a committed long-term relationship. He, I don't think they, again, I don't want to speak for them and their, you know, mm-hmm. their activity and their behavior, but like he was basically talking to me as more of an objective point of view. He's like, yeah, man, people are different, dude. He's like, some people, you know, he's like, you might not understand, John, you've never been in a long-term relationship. You know, like you, some people just, you know, feel the need, feel the need to step out with permission, of course, and mm-hmm. with understanding and with consent from, from everyone involved and just experience something new and it could be to the benefit uh, i just i'm just like i i just i just have a hard time grasping that concept of like why would you need that but then again as Steven, I, yeah Stephen pointed out I, yeah as Stephen pointed out i've not been in a long-term relationship in my life i my relationship track history is pretty pretty pathetic in my opinion which we'll get into i guess later on in the episode but like i just don't understand that i'm like but 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 why that just seems so risky and complicated like you don't know man people are different and i was like that i kind of like you said i kind of just resigned to the fact that hey man it doesn't need to make sense to you john it just needs to make sense to those people and i completely like i'm with you there like i understand people step out people get hall passes as they're called and things like that me personally i don't want when i'm with my man i do not want another man and i understand that people think well why do you feel it's wrong to kiss another man but you don't think it's wrong to kiss another woman that's isn't that sexist or isn't that you feeling a certain way it's like that is just my preference yeah i don't like two lightsabers in one fight you know what i'm saying <laughs> i like one lightsaber in that battle if there's other players cool but there's only one lightsaber you know what i'm saying so um and that just is my preference. And yeah. I, and uh, with the stepping out, I'm never, I would never want to. And even if, say, I do like bringing chicks into it, I would never go with a chick solo either because my partner's not involved. And it feels like, even if they say it's okay, to me personally, it, I don't like it because of that term, because of it feels like stepping out on. And I only want them to feel included and I only want to protect the relationship but you're yeah. right other people feel differently yeah and sometimes it is healthy for other relationships yeah it it just i've i've seen that kind of stuff hurt other relations like really people i'm close with i've seen that kind of uh behavior and that kind of uh endeavor hurt the relationship so i'm kind of skeptical about it because i just feel like it's it's very complicated when it comes to sexuality, love, romance, commitment, like partnership and all this stuff. It gets 
The waters get very it's a murky. Slope. It's a very murky pot. Like it's it's full of all these ingredients, and each relationship is different. So it just confounds me. Like I, in my younger days, like I was like, man, I I, I was not, I would not say that I was pansexual like you, my dear, but. Mm-hmm. I would say that I was very open as far as like I don't care I'll fuck anything like I was just like whatever. <laughs> especially Does when it I, move? heck is it still warm? <laughs> as long as the hey man, especially when I was drunk, like uh, drunk John would sleep with anything, and there's proof, there's documentation to prove that. And again, don't say I was anything. say anyone, anyone, oh, anyone, of course, and that was kind of the piggish, uh, sophomoric mindset that I was in my early 20s, but I was going to say that I've softened and I think that I'm more traditional and conservative when it comes to that sort of stuff now. But I uh, but I understand, like, fuck society and its rules. I'm going to do what I want to do. And it's not necessarily that polyamorous or, you know, people who are looking for side pieces are necessarily rebellious. They're probably just, you know, doing what feels right to them. So it's not necessarily a rebellion against a system, but it's necessarily like, hey, this is just how I feel. So it just it just confounds me. I just don't understand it. Like I just don't understand like I just I'm I'm a big proponent of one person to one person, like one to one, which, you know, that's just that's just how I it just seems simpler that way and it seems less messy. But then again, it could be even messier. Who the hell knows? I do agree about the muddled waters thing, and if anyone is listening to this and they're curious about, hey, maybe our relationship should spice it up, or if they're, if you're curious about having a threesome or doing entering one of these situations, the biggest thing is trust, yes, and and openness. Like if if there is any question or suspicion or who's controlling the app, if there's any negative emotion, you need to stop right then, absolutely, because you're not ready for it. And I've seen like in my situation. I it's when I do do this like my current man and or he has never like had that before me and I had to like make sure he was comfortable and it's all about checking the waters making sure everything's okay because if it goes south which it easily can with other couples I'm aware of yeah you just have to trust each other communication communication so I want to do a couple more terms, a few more terms, and then uh, we can talk about we can we can bring this closer to home. We can start talking about our personal history, and I think that was the more exciting part of the conversation that both of us were looking forward to. Uh, so you did mention you were pansexual, and just as a definition, pansexuality or omnisexuality is sexual, romantic, or emotional attraction towards people regardless of their sex or gender identity. Pansexual people may refer to themselves as gender blind, asserting that gender and sex are not determining factors in their romantic or sexual attraction to others. Do you feel it's a fair definition? I do. Okay. The other one that I've heard, I've heard thrown around, but I've always was kind of gave a side eye. I was always skeptical of because I was like, isn't everybody kind of that way? Sapiosexual. Uh, you, people might be familiar with this term on the internet because I remember it. it, it, it it's thrown around sometimes. But basically, sex, sapiosexuals are people finding intelligence sexually attractive or arousing. So I guess like they're like, I don't care what you're – I don't really necessarily put that much stock in like physical or like you know, aesthetically pleasing people. But if the person is brilliant, I'm turned on right now. So I was like – but I was always like, is it – are there – I guess the – I guess I asked the question. It was like, are there people who are just sexually attracted to – Idi- idiocracy and stupidity by that same I mean, token 
you go to well look at our current political climate clearly that has to be the case i guess <laughs> um but like uh also go to walmart at two in the morning and yeah. wow so well, one would hope that yeah. everyone was a sapiosexual yeah i was like I, I just don't understand like it just seemed like it was highfalutin like they were trying to put themselves off as i am above aesthetics or physical attraction i'm atta- i'm attracted to your mind and i'm like is it everyone attracted again i mean no disrespect this is, again no judgment here but i was just like huh okay sure all right i mean okay yeah that works and one thing well, i'm like a question yeah. for you actually then question for you is what like and of course we can all say that attraction does like what you physically look like doesn't mean anything what your outer shell of your book is uh what the cover is but if it came down to intellectually attractive or heart attractive like would you care what's in someone's mind do you care what someone's in their heart uh and those can be two different things they can be and i i guess i lean more towards someone's heart because like i would i would be like Look, I've met some pretty, like, pretty intelligent, brilliant people in my life that were also physically attractive, but were boring and heartless and just like devoid of any interesting aspects. So, and I find people with personality, people with more social, warm tendencies, or more attractive. I get, I, I find them more attractive than someone who's just like. I can tell you all about theoretical physics. I'm like, well, that's cool, but that's not really doing it for me, man. But you do you, man. That's cool. I mean, keep at it. I hope you go far in life. But that that does it. I guess I would lean more towards heart on that one if if you gave me the choice. Uh, one one thing I wanted to wrap up on because you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's important with the current culture and climate of sexuality and sexual activities going on now. Let's talk about consent. Okay, let's talk about something very important here. Consent. So I'm on PlannedParenthood.org's website. They have a lovely article about consent. So what's consent, they ask? Consent, sexual consent is agreement to participate in a sexual activity. Before being sexual with someone, you need to know if they want to be sexual with you too. It's also important to be honest with your partner about what you want and don't want. And they say they have a nice little graphic. It's on their website. I'll include it with the show notes. Consent is easy as fries, and fries is an acronym. It stands for freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. Now, this is mainly just a PSA. Like, I just want everyone listening to take these things to heart because I think a lot of what happened with the Me Too movement, I think a lot of things that have been, that we're dealing with now and addressing now, largely, in my opinion, goes back to this issue consent. And it's like, Everyone was always like, well, no means no. It's like, but it gets more complicated. That's cool on paper, but let's talk about, let's be more in depth about this because like, when is no, when, at what time does no mean no? Like, and then like, do you, if someone says no, do you keep trying to get a yes? And it's like that, I feel like that's where things get a little bit like, oh, this is getting kind of, again, murky. So I think, I just want people to take that home with them and be like, that is consent. It's an oversimplification, but I think it's effective nonetheless. What do you think? The best thing I ever saw, I think, was actually a British public service announcement. Okay. And it was like, it was a metaphor for consent. And it was, you have a guest over, and you offer them tea. Okay. If they would like tea, you give them tea. If they say, no, they would not like tea, you do not give them tea. If they say, mm, sure, but then decide they taste it and they don't like it, you don't give them the tea. And it was just basically showing, like, the more aggressive, like, 
come-ons that people will typically have. It's like, do you pour the tea on your friend's face after they've said no? No. Do you shove the cup in their face? No. And it was just such a interesting, it was like making light of a very serious subject while still delivering the educational message of no means no. If someone doesn't want to have sex with you, if someone doesn't want to have tea, don't give them tea, don't have sex with them. Don't touch them. Respect their wishes. Okay. I think that's very that's very apt, and I think that's also very effective. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about some numbers here, because I think there's a big number of that I want to get in the air. Like I think that this is important because people, you know, like I always thought, you know, I'll just say that I I always was worried about this in my own insecure ways. So one big number that I want to talk about was according to. It looks like I don't know how valid this is, but let's go with it. Uh, okay, so according to onlinedoctor.superdrug.com, again, take this with a grain of salt. It is I did find it online. So, looking at the U.S.'s average number of sexual partners. Now, I find this very interesting for personal reasons. According to this, the average number of sexual partners, both man and female, both male and female, is seven point two. Again, it's a rounding number. It's a statistical number. So I would think it's safe to say you could round it closer to seven. So I guess that's fair. Do you think that's a fair number? No, I think that's a lie. Well, apparently – so it goes by – it has it on a spectrum, right? And I think this is hilarious. Uh, The lower end is Utah with 2.6. And then my home state of Louisiana is 15.7, which is hilarious because that definitely makes sense. (laughs) What's Virginia? What's Virginia? Give it to me. Uh, Virginia? I don't see Virginia. It doesn't really list Virginia. Where's Virginia? Okay, so like I, I wish you could see it, but it's like it's kind of on a spectrum. It is color, kind of color-coded. It doesn't necessarily list Virginia by number, but it's but it looks like it's higher than 7.2, so probably in the 9 or 10 region. So Okay. So probably closer to 9, which makes sense. So let's talk about that real quick. Rachel? Allow me to ask if you're feeling comfortable to answer this question. How many sexual partners have you had in your life? Uh, 22. Oh, man. 15 were male. Okay. Um, well, you know, the rest are all women. Well, damn. You know, uh, quit, uh, let's do a little reciprocity here. I've been with 12 sexual partners, all female. So, you know, I think that's pretty good. Like, I, I'm feeling good about seven and a half. I feel like good. it's better than the average, and I'm like, you know... And I was very insecure about that. Like, I was always like, man, I don't really, I hope I'm not, like, under the average. But now that I am, I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Like, honestly, now, even if I was underneath that seven average that this website is reporting, I would be like, it doesn't fucking matter. And if you've had less, here's the thing, man. I've told people, like, I've had, oh, I might double digits, man. I've been with a few women. But I've had, like, but, like, I would trade uh, few, I would trade fewer number of sexual partners for, durations of continuous sex than like a bunch of numbers with just one-offs mine are more one-offs you know so just one-offs yeah mainly yeah i've been again i, I haven't really dated a lot that's I've, not bad that's not bad it's yeah. just um i'm surprised by that honestly because knowing you yeah. and knowing how kind you are not that that's not a kind thing i just look at you you got some game well i gotta be, I gotta be jealous uh you know i'm even you know dead clocks are right twice are right twice a day like I always believe that it's like I, people were like, "Oh man!" I used to have a coworker of mine, a good friend of mine named Will, who always made me sound like this, like 
you know, ladies' man, this like Casanova. And I'm like, I don't think you realize how many times I've tripped, fallen, and accidentally wound up with someone like that. Like, it's never planned. It's 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 been so rarely planned in my life that I was like, I'm gonna do this, and this is gonna happen. Most of my sexual encounters have been either drunken hookups or oh. Okay, sure. Let's do this. All right, cool. Fine. Let's go right ahead then. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to tread carefully because I am very, very private. Like I, I'll talk to you about – I'll talk to close friends about this. But I'm – people who are kind of just acquaintances, acquaintances of mine or just like kind of friends of mine, I don't talk about this stuff very easily because, again, I'm very, I'm very conservative. I'm very private about this aspect of my life because – I think that it it should be private and kept behind closed doors or just with your other partners or close friends because you can share this with close friends and like I don't talk about this with a lot of people so I'm I'm I, I'm gonna be very hesitant and very mm-hmm. I'm trying to put this out there as respectfully and tastefully as possible but I feel safe with you Rachel so let, I, I guess that's why I'm cool with doing this. Well, in case you don't, do you want a safe word? No, we're good. I'm I'm fine. I I'm very in control because I'm kind of guiding conversation, and I also also, you know, have final edit privileges. So anything I don't like, I can just cut out, man. So it's all good. Touche. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: When was when did you first have sex? I was 15, and it was the biggest cliche. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He was going away to college, and I was like, "Oh my, you know what? He's gonna have all those college girls." And we've been together for about five four months that like we've been together about four months i want to say uh before he left and then he was going to college halfway like a thousand miles away ironically when hey there delilah came out yeah <laughs> so that was pressured me yeah. uh but it was like oh he's going away i'm gonna have to compete with all those college girls i care about him i should make it this now the first time yeah and it was against a barn near a cornfield, so that's hot. <laughs> that is so Virginia, bro. That is fucking hilarious. <laughs> that is, it's like it's such a cliche. It's literally like the cliche. The only thing that could have been worse was prom. And after that, I told anyone I went to prom with, "We are not having sex tonight." <laughs> I uh, I lost my virginity in college. I was a late bloomer. I couldn't give it away in high school. It was. Ooh, it was tough. It was tough sledding in high school. I'll be honest, but I think there's a reason for that because I did go to three different high schools. Uh, mm-hmm. Like my freshman year, I went to an all boys school, and then my sophomore year, I went to a school in Houston after Katrina. And you know, I didn't really get, I didn't really hang out with a lot of people, and you know, and then uh, the high school I eventually graduated from, I was only there really for two years, so I had some fun. Like in the romantic and sexual activity department, but I didn't lose it until I went to college my freshman year. It was a friend of mine that I knew. She was coming through Baton Rouge. I was like, hey, you can stay at my place. And I knew she liked me. And then next thing you know, one thing led to another and boom. And it was very awkward. Like it was not fun. Like I had the – like it was not – it was not good. It wasn't until the next time I had sex, the, 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 the woman I the, – the girl I had sex with afterwards, uh, a little bit down the line, that I was like, "Oh, oh shit, this is amazing! Like, this is pretty awesome! Like, all right, yeah, okay. So this is what's this is how it's supposed to feel. The first time, ooh man, we had been drinking and like it was, we were both tired and like we were kind of just like, it was, it was not the best. <laughs> but it got it, it got the pressure off. I was like, oh god, I got it off my fucking back now. I got that monkey off my back." Which is kind of fucked up. Let's talk about this. I did want to talk about this. I feel bad for women because there is a pressure when it comes to virginity. 
especially mm-hmm. in the south where we're both from like i guess it's around the world as well but i feel like it's it's i've experienced a lot of it in the south like virginity is a very interesting thing because like i think that it's silly i think that it's fucking stupid get it over with i mean don't be fucking when you're like 12 that you know let's chill out on that one man but you know like i feel like there's so much pressure put upon y'all as far as that aspect of virginity that y'all built it up into this precious asset that y'all don't want to give away Whereas guys, we feel no pressure. Like it's a challenge to get rid of it as soon as possible. You know. Well, there is there is definitely a stigma. Like and like my big brother. I know my dad. I don't know if they had the conversation, but I feel like they would have high fived over it. Yeah. Whereas if and my brother or my dad found out about me, they probably would have killed the dude, and then also I would have been branded as a slut. Yeah. It didn't matter if they were feelings. It doesn't matter that I personally have never had a, a one night stand. I don't knock on people that do. Yeah. Um. But I just, I personally never had one. Yeah. And, um, but that's, and it's not just with my family. It's so many, you can say how many, a guy walks around, he's like, yeah, another notch on the belt. Yeah. And for us growing up, it was like if a female said that, she would have been in the school slot. Like, it's a double standard. It's definitely it's a double such standard. such a double standard. Mm-hmm. So, what would you, you're a grown ass woman who don't need no man. Uh, mm-hmm. So what would you tell a young woman, a teenager, like about virginity? What, how would you, or you know, what, what would you tell a young lady, teenager, or any young man, teenager about virginity? How would you phrase it, and you think in fair terms? I would say, no matter what, it's gonna be awkward. Yeah, it's much like doing anything the first time in your life. No one's fantastic at it, but as long as you care, yeah, and both want it and no one feels pressured it's going to be a great moment and only you can know when that moment is don't let anyone tell you you could be 22 you could be 15 you could be 41 and guess what whenever's right for you it's right for you yeah and i i would say i would tell them that look it's not it's only a big deal if you think it's a big deal like if you if you think that – and this goes back to the number of partners thing. Like like you, like I've met women that have been like, oh, I've slept with like 30 guys. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Way to go you. I would say as far as losing your virginity and as far as like the number of partners you have in your life, whether you're a guy, you know, traditionally we encourage like guys to be, you know, ladies men. Now they're notching their belt, right? And women to be prudes and conservative and like, you know, very prohibitive about who they go to bed with. So what I would tell both a young man and a young woman in high school or, you know, just a teenager, you know, who may be thinking about having sex, be like, listen, it's only a big deal if you think it's a big deal. Like, it's your body, like take be very protective, men and women, like you don't want to get pregnant, you don't want to spread anything if you're not ready. Don't get pregnant unless you're ready to have that unless you're ready to deal with that and i would imagine most teenagers are not ready to fucking deal with that shit and protect yourself with you know because you don't want to spread anything you don't want to give anybody anything you don't want to catch anything uh so i would say just it's only a big deal if you think it's a big deal if you think losing your virginity on a one night stand is a big deal then don't do it that way but if you don't fuck everyone else like yeah your parents are if your parents are like uptight about that shit yeah all right cool but like it's not a big deal. It's really not a big fucking deal. It's only a big deal if you decide it's a big deal. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Because, like, 
I I'd be the first to be like if a girl if a girl came up to me if I knew a girl a young lady and she was like oh I lost my virginity last night I was you know I'm 15 or something like that I'd be like well, that's a little young but you know hey man did, you got it out the way was it fine did you have a good time <laughs> I would, no I wouldn't ask that I would try to do it as like uncreepily as possible but I'd be like hey man you just did something that's very adult and I hope it was not an unpleasant experience for you I hope it was special but if it wasn't there's no big deal man fucking you got out the way and you know just be careful be safe like my mom was totally cool with me buying condoms when I was 15 or 16 wasn't using them because I was a loser but she was totally cool oh, with that prospect that does not make you a loser I mean that's how I phrase it and you know I, again people who are not having sex they're not losers they're nothing wrong with you but i felt like a loser so she was you were just guarding your virginity like gotlam in in the ring like my precious no i was like i was the dude trying to sell penny stocks be like hey man this could be valuable one day or some shit i was like anybody want it anybody um (laughs) so but i would just say it's like it's not that big a deal and just be safe just be smart don't be stupid like it's like driving a car like it's like you yeah it's cool but remember, like, be safe and be be smart, man, because it's a really big responsibility. And just just take care of yourself. There's nothing wrong if you want to wait. There's nothing wrong if you want to get it out the fucking way like I wanted to. And it's just like you – it's fine. Just just be smart. Just be safe. There's no pressure. Fuck all your friends. Fuck your family. It's your body, right? Just, well, don't actually fuck your family yeah, unless exactly. you're from West Virginia. <laughs> or Alabama. Or Arkansas. Or Alabama. <laughs> So like, just have fun. Don't be stupid. Try and be smart, you know. And I, that's why I'm totally against abstinence only. Because I'm just like, fuck abstinence only. That's fucking. That's that's like burying your head in the sand, man. That's like, that's like putting your putting your problems in a closet and be like, we're just not gonna go in that closet. It's like, no, motherfucker. That's not how you live a life. You don't just deny shits on the table. Like you gotta realize, like, okay, we'll deal with that and just be smart and trust yourself and. Again, I would wait. I would encourage everyone to wait. Like I'd be like, "Hey man, don't rush into this cuz like things if you're if you're young and dumb, you could really you could really derail your life or alter your life fundamentally. So just wait. Like give it a give it a few years, like think about it and make sure you're doing it with someone who's not a fucking idiot or dumb or that will come to bite you in the ass later on down the line. Just just be smart. Just be safe. That's really all I would tell a young person these days. That was a lot. <laughs> I do, I do, I do agree. I would just say, yeah, because like it's a great thing, but there's no, there's no need to rush it. Like I actually, I don't want to ever say I regret my first time because it would not that first time would not have yeah. led me down the same road that I'm at today. However, yeah, ugh, like they went away to college and then it did end up going as south as it did. <laughs> what? So just, but, you know, I told you, I was like, they went away to college. And the only reason I did it was I was like, oh, I'm going to have to compete with college girls. Turned out there was no competition <laughs> but on you, my end. But did you feel like it was a choice? It, it was a choice I made. Yeah. And I stand by, like, that. But it's, it's not, like I said, there was nothing I would ever regret. But I, my message to the younger ones would be, like, don't feel pressured. Do ever. You, do like, you just ha- don't feel do you have are you comfortable with sharing this do you have any regrets sexually like in your sexual activity do you have any regrets trying to think i'll go first i can go first i have a few Mm -hmm. i have as of this recording been a homewrecker three times in my life like i've slept with because you're married to me no no i have i have been the other man three times in my life and 
I gotta be honest, both all three times were pretty awesome. Like they were a lot of fun. But in hindsight, I'm like, I'll just say every time I've done it, well, two out of the three times I've I've done that, I felt horrible about it. And the the other time it was kind of like eh. And so I don't feel bad about that one particularly. Uh not for that reason anyway. But the two times that I I did do that, I was like, man, you probably shouldn't have done that. It was fun. It was awesome. To be honest with you, it was amazing sex. But also, like, nah, you, should, you probably shouldn't have done that, man. Like, that was – don't be like, don't be that guy. Like, I have, a, I have a few things, especially in my sexual history. Like, when my early 20s and I was drinking, I was reckless. I was just dumb about a lot of shit that I was just like, yeah, man, you probably shouldn't have done that, man. That, that, was, that was a bad look. Like, that, that's, that's – I don't really believe in karma, but if I did, I feel like I'm still feeling that karma down the line about it. Like of like, man, I am unlucky in love. It's like maybe it's because I was such a dick when I was a young man. Who the hell knows? Again, I don't believe in karma, but that's one of these like weird conspiracy theories. And I'm like, eh, maybe. Who knows? So, do you have any other? Do you have any regrets, Rachel? Uh, one. Okay. And it was. Uh... One of my first threesomes, okay. actually, uh, there was no man present, so it was just three girls, and they happened to be two of my closest female friends at the time. Yeah. This is actually a quite hysterical story, and it ends in, I don't want to say shame, but just oh, awkwardness. So we got wasted at a house party, okay. and it was a BYOB and a BYOC, bring your own chair, because all the furniture was out of house, they were, they were moving, Yeah. and... <laughs> We found zebra cakes. Ooh. Mind you, after we had finished, just the three of us, a bottle of tequila. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And so one of us had the notion, like, holy shit, everyone at this party is going to want in on the zebra cake action. We should run upstairs so no one tries to take them from us. So we ran upstairs, and we ran to the master bedroom. Then we look, and the giant master bathroom is open, and it has one of those giant, like jacuzzi type tubs so someone else was like you know what no one's gonna take these zebra kicks from us if we get into the bath <laughs> anyway you can imagine where it went oh, from Lord. there without painting too much more vivid picture something you would find probably on a ww dot if you know what i'm saying yeah, definitely. so um and then uh the next morning though i wake up and go downstairs <laughs> no one could make eye contact with each other Shame. It was like in Game of Thrones. Someone's that lady was ringing the bell. Shame. Ding ding. Shame. Ding ding. And it's just like this mostly because we were like all besties. But it was like (laughs) everyone was like no one's making eye contact. No one's looking anywhere. Everyone was looking straight, hungover as fuck. Like let's never speak of this again. And we never have until someone opens a bottle of gold tequila around any of us, and then the other one shivers. Like to this day, I only drink silver tequila. Yeah. But it did open me up to some things I did not know I was interested in before that night. You know. <laughs> and I mean zebra cakes in a hot tub. That's what I mean. <laughs> that's pretty delicious. Uh, I actually have a funny sex story that you may or may not be familiar with because it happened when I was visiting uh, Justin in Virginia. Uh, no, I think this is before you and I met. I think this is before you and him dated. So plenty of friends have tried to shame me, but I will never, ever feel shame about this story because it was fucking hilarious. So Justin and I. We drove to Richmond to hang out with some friends of his, and we picked up this girl along the way who was a friend of his that was, like, riding with us, right? And so Mm -hmm. she – 
like I was 22, you know, I was young. And so I could tell immediately, I was like, if I want to have sex with this girl tonight, I can probably make this happen. Like this is one of the few random times in my life where I'm like, I think I could, I think I could do this. Like this is, I think that the door is open and I think I can get in if I wanted to. So we, we went out and we had a good time and she was kind of feeling me all night and stuff. We started making out in the club we went to and, you know, poor Justin. I love you. I love I love Justin Hartwell so much, dude. He is like my brother from another mother. I've been friends with him since I was like 13. This man, I love this man. And this is one of the reasons why. Because we started, Justin was driving. And the two of us were in his back seat. And I do know this story. Keep going. He was, he was driving and we were fooling around. And we were kind of getting hot and heavy. And that poor guy, like I know he turned the music on. Or he had headphones in. Or he was trying not to listen. But I guarantee you, we were making enough noise back there. To where he could hear most of it. And I was just like, that is hella awkward. You are a bad friend, John, for making your boy have to deal with that. Anyway, because the drive from Richmond to Charlottesville is what, like an hour? An hour and a half? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so what happened next is the shameful quotation marks portion of the story. Because, so like, <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> so we, so I decided to go home with her. And I was like, hey, before we go anywhere, can we stop? I really have to pee. I really need to pee. And she's like, oh, there's a Walmart right over there, right? So I'm like, perfect. We'll just pop in real quick. Use the restroom. We'll go back, right? And so, <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. I hope really no one's give listening. Give it. Give it. I want it. Anyway, so so while we're using the restroom, it was in the back of the Walmart. It's one of those big super Walmarts, right? And so we... So I finish and she's done and I notice that no one's in the family bathroom, the middle bathroom that's, you know, has its own door. It's private, right? So I was like, you know, we could totally fuck in this Walmart right now. And she's like, do you want to? I was like, yeah, let's do this. And so we literally went into that family restroom and I don't want to go into detail because I don't want to gross anyone out. But we literally had sex in that Walmart bathroom, that family bathroom. And like... Unfortunately, we didn't get to uh, finish because someone knocked on the door and we didn't know what the fuck it was. We didn't know if it was like someone who heard us or like a family actually trying to use this bathroom. So we stopped, threw our clothes back on and like, like not sprinted, but hurried to the entrance to her car. And it was, we were kind of so, la- we were kind of so embarrassed, but also laughing about the situation so hard that it completely killed the mood. And she took me home to Justin's place. But plenty of friends have been like, you fucked in a Walmart bathroom? I'm like, well. You fucked in a Walmart bathroom, bro. It's not like we fucked in like a stall. I mean, we had it's like. It's still a Walmart. Yeah, but it looked like it, it had just been cleaned. All right. So I was like, yeah. But again, <laughs> I, I can, I can, I can totally cop to the, the nastiness, the sketchiness of the situation, but it is so out of left field for me and so funny to me that I will never feel shame about it. I'm like, no, it's all, it'll always be funny to me. So that's like, I think that might be one of the most salacious stories that I've ever had. Uh, I've done some other wild shit, but not like, but that one just stands out because people are like disgusted with me after I tell that story and I'm just impervious to it because I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Um, So let's talk more about kind of our sexual history. Do you want to talk about like we talked about some regrets and I I just told a very kind of sort of embarrassing story. So what like what do you, what do you I mean I don't want you to put any one most on, proud of? Yeah, I don't want to put anyone on blast here, but what like what's some of the best sex you've ever had? Um it's actually I would say it's the most 
proud I ever was. Okay. Because we didn't, because of how public it was. Oh, God. So, um, and not getting caught. So <laughs> I worked at King's Dominion as a security guard for a little bit. You a security guard. I, I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't be that intimidated. No one was, okay? <laughs> and here's the thing. I actually got super mad at my boss. He was so sexist. He comes up to me and goes, Rachel, you got to stop using your looks to stop fights. Okay. Like, oh, hot girl entered the flight. Let's stop fighting. I'm like, um, excuse me, sir. Do you see myself in these polyester pants? <laughs> no one thinks I'm attractive. Um, so I was like, but thank you. So yeah, anyway, anyway, I was a security guard. So I knew that park went inside and out. Okay. So may or may not have gotten it on in Yogi Bear's cave. Oh, Yogi, no! Boo-boo! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get caught. Didn't get, like, we, I timed it to where I knew that part of the park was mostly vacant. But granted, the park was still open. But yeah, there's, oh, there's a last no. part in Yogi Bear's cave oh, no. where all of a sudden the floor goes, like, slanted. Like, I'm no. talking, like, a 45-degree slant. No. You hit you hit the wall, and there so happens to be, like, I don't know why there was a, a railing, like a handicap rail. But I was like, this is, all right, let's just go. And so we did. Yogi Bear's Cave. That was, that was a proud one. Because, I mean, granted, I understand it was in Kidsville. Yeah. And that's not okay. That is not okay. <laughs> but, hey, I can I can say out loud, I did it in the theme park. That is impressive. Uh, so. It beats a Walmart bathroom, I'll give you that. But I think, uh, I think the sex I'm most proud of, uh, like, legitimately proud of, like, like again, I don't want to get too crass on here, but it's like the one that I'm like I I hearken back to. I'm like, wow, that was incredible. So a friend, an old friend of mine, a girl I went to like grade school with. Her brother was friends with my brother. And we knew each other, and I, we weren't like I could tell she had a crush on me because I was like a year older than her. But I never, ever really gave her the time of day when we were kids. But like later on, I was like, uh, I think I was still like 22. Yeah, I think around this area, like, this was incredible because, like, the Walmart bathroom had just happened. And, uh, but, like, so I just <laughs> broken up. I had just broken up with someone, and, you know, I was kind of like, I had fun in Virginia with Justin, and we had a great weekend, regardless of that story. But, like, I was kind of like, now what? Now what do I do? I, I kind of like that girl, but it, we broke up, right? So, this other girl, obviously, I went to grade school with, who, you know, got in touch with me online, Facebook, whatever, at the time, and, you know, she. She started talking. We started talking on the regular. She lived in – I was in Baton Rouge at the time. She lived in Monroe, Louisiana, which is the northern part of the state, and which is about a good uh, five or six-hour drive. So so she was texting me, texting me all the time. So like, I was like I, – I think like Memorial Day had come up and I had a three-day weekend or something like that or some – I had time off. And so I was like, you know, if you if you want me to, I can go up there and visit you. She's like, I would love that. I'm like, oh, well, okay then. And so I literally drove up to Monroe, Louisiana to see her. And Rachel, <laughs> give it. We it it is as close. The way I always describe this 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 these particular series of events, it was as close to a porn as I've ever gotten. Like it is, it like we were like animals dude like it was fucking wild like i still think about like that really happened like i'm not gonna go into details obviously about like like logistics or techniques here but like logistics yeah but let me just say it was hot and heavy and it was the most incredible sexual experience i think i've ever had in my life i was a young man 
and this girl she was a baddie dude she i don't know what she looks like now but she was she was a baddie and at the time and she we we were just like fuck it let's try it we almost like i don't know if we tried everything but we tried a lot and it was pretty fucking awesome and so like and again i kind of still was still kind of prudish at this point like i you know missionary you know doggy you know kind of like very conservative kind of stuff you know but this, it was like, well, let's try that position then. Because I was there all weekend. And then uh-huh. and there was some romance going on there because I genuinely liked her. I'd gotten to know her a little bit more. And I, I think she genuinely liked me. And then the next weekend, she came down to Baton Rouge. And it resumed. I literally had to tell her. I was like, look, I know you like to be loud. But my brother's literally in the other room. And... I don't want to wake him up right now because that would be a very awkward conversation. So can we keep this like, you know, like a few octaves, a few, a few like decibels lower? Because like, I don't want to wake him up, dude. That's just rude. And he's never done that to me. So let's not. But it actually, you know, after that, she kind of like got freaked out by how hot and intense the relationship was getting. And she kind of broke it off on me. Kind of a downer. But come to find out, I was like, did I do something wrong? I was... I wondered for months, like, what the fuck did I do wrong? What the fuck did I do wrong? Turns out she was actually crazy because later on in life, postscript to this story, it was slight vindication. She was married to a dude and she cheated on him with the neighbor's wife. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was like, it actually made me feel better because I thought I had fucked up. No. Turns out this chick was actually cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, Rachel. So... But that week, those like those two weekends, like I can't remember if it was the weekend after or maybe it was two weeks after. But like those two weekends where I got to, we got to enjoy each other's company. Oh my god, dude, it was fucking wild, dude. Like I was just like, fuck, dude, this was. I don't ex- ever expect to have that much fun, ever again in my life in the bedroom. It was incredible. You will. Oh, probably, but still, I was just like. I, and, and as time has gone by, like the the rose tinted glasses have made it seem more epic than it probably was. But just like I was just like, so this is what it's like to be like wild and crazy, dude. This was fucking awesome, dude. And we we just had fun because we genuinely liked each other. So there was a lot of like you know humor and comedy and like enjoying each other's actual company that it was like that helped enhance the situation. I think so. Uh-huh. So let's talk about something else. Did you have any any more, or did you want me to? I was no, no, time. I'm good. Because I, I think this is another part of sexuality that you know we talk a lot about. I think sexuality is a lot of discuss with partners, but let's also talk about something that doesn't get talked about very often. Let's talk about masturbation and pornography, because I remember this in my uh, abnormal psych class because this was very fascinating and it stuck with me, and I've always viewed masturbation in this way ever since. So there was in my psychology class in LSU, and I can't remember the, the professor's name, but the professor raises – he was like, I want to ask the gentleman in the class. And there was about a good 200 students in this class at the time. So he goes, you know, gentlemen, if you feel comfortable answering, go right ahead. But if you don't, I understand. He's like, okay, so all you gentlemen in the room, how many of you have gotten a speeding ticket? You know, oh, people raise their hand. How many of you have gotten – you know, how many of you have cheated on a test? He's like, don't worry, I'm not going to narc on any of y'all, but just honestly, throughout your entire school career, like, when have you ever cheated on a test? Some of us raised our hands. I raised my hand to both questions. And he goes, how many of you gentlemen have masturbated before? Nobody fucking raised their hands. And clearly, as he pointed out, that is a fucking lie. He goes, 
That is a lie. He's like, you guys are not telling the truth right now because y'all are afraid of the stigma like with masturbation. And I was like, yeah, he's right. He's absolutely right. And I thought it was so it was so telling. Like, I think it's I don't know if it's harder on men than it is women. What do you think about that? Do you think what do you think about masturbation? I think it is needed. <laughs> I'm serious, Full man. Stop. Like, hundred percent, it is needed. Done. Uh, listen, there, like I personally, I use that shit for everything. Okay, <laughs> like listen, I got a migraine. Hey, get some serotonin. You can't sleep. Go right ahead. You need to wake up. There it is. Like you bored? Go right ahead. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> You hey you you're hungry but you know you just ate <laughs> go ahead like there's so you just played a, a video game or a movie or watched a movie and it was a little too real bio <laughs> like you watching a movie and a sex scene comes on I mean there it is it's right sometimes, there sometimes like uh, uh, <laughs> and that's just a personal thing like one I think. You know, it's it's science. It's when you have an overwhelming amount of ecstasy, certain, like, you know, happy yeah. endorphins are released, serotonin is released. Like, it's good for you. Plus, sometimes you just, you need it. Yeah. Like, like psychologically, it's an emotional release. Some people, as a physical release, it just makes, like, and people who, like, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm not going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop. Or, like, I do it too much. Like, granted, now there's a limit. I'm gonna say there's a limit. Hey, yeah. are you starting to chafe? Hey, do you need to interrupt conversations? Hey, can you not get through a workday? We might have problems. Yeah. But, but, like, it's the people who put a stigma on it, whether you're a dude, whether you're a girl, whatever. I think it's so stupid because we're humans. It's 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 part of it. Yeah. It um. The first, I was 13, I think, when I first did that see even i have a heart like even right now i'm feeling uncomfortable talking about it because like i know this is going to go out in public and i know people are going to who listen to this are probably and who people who know me are going to be like dude are you com- like you literally just put that out there i was like so i want this is part of the problem is what i'm saying it's like i don't think there should be a stigma attached to it now do you bring it up in polite conversation at the dinner table at work absolutely not and do you know like you know discretionary discretion is the better part of valor right like you know be very i i lean on the more like hey man keep it more to yourself keep the cards close to the vest here but i was 13 when i first uh see i even have a hard time saying it first time i masturbated like i was like i was a young kid and it it was incredible like i was like holy fuck this is amazing and uh and it was also like the, one of the first few times I actually like watched porn online, like my computer. Like you, you think about porn, dude. Like how fast porn has changed. Like back in my day, if we had to like Google search, we images, saw deep throat in theaters. <laughs> no, but like, like you had to like if you found good porn like streaming somewhere or like online, it usually would like turn. It would usually give your like computer AIDS or some shit like that. But now, Pornhub, fucking. All these websites that you could just like, it's there. It's just there. That's still, actually, that's still today. Yeah. If I, if I may, I've crashed two laptops that way. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I told Andrew about it the other day because he got me, like, you know, like we were like looking and he's like, I'll help you get an Alienware laptop. And I was like, thank you because I've crashed my other two. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I didn't know where to search for porn because it's so not talked about. Yeah. So I typed in <laughs> www.porn.com. 
Oh, no. And I crashed two laptops. And he's like, how the fuck did you not learn after the first one? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, man, like, like, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like finding good porn online was a challenge. But yeah, man, like I, I do think it's a healthy – I don't think there's anything wrong with it per se, masturbation. Like, Obviously, it's like anything. You don't want to abuse it. Like Again, like you said, if you can't make it through a work day without doing it, you, you might have a problem, friend. friend you, you got might, problems. And if you like do it like multiple times a day, first off, I, I don't know how you have that much energy and reserve on deck because like – yeah, eventually, like you said, chafing and like rawness will, will, will factor in here. But like – yeah, man, if you got a problem, like, yeah, it's just like anything. It's like gambling. It's like drinking. It's like anything. It's a it's a dopamine hit. An it's addiction. a serotonin. Yeah, you can get addicted to it. And I think it's another addiction that we don't talk about very often because it is it is taboo. It's like you can talk about alcoholism because people will generally be sympathetic. Or you can talk about gambling. You can talk about cigarettes. You can talk about a lot of things. But I think masturbation and just sexual addiction in general are not really talked about because people are like, I think you maybe deserve – like maybe there's this like – since you're kind of like it's hedon it's hedonistic, so you're like, well, you could stop if you really wanted to. It's like uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of like addiction's a funny thing, man. So it's it's I would not say I'm addicted. I would like to believe I'm master of my own domain, to borrow a, a term from Seinfeld here. So I just think that it's interesting that 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 thought experiment, that little little uh gauntlet that my professor threw down all those years ago i I, it's always fascinated me because like there there is a stigma around it and it's like everybody does it like like the joke is 98 percent of men and don't 98 percent of men do it and the two percent who don't are lying like everybody fucking does it but it's something we never talk about like like i guess i can talk about it with my like my close friends like i've had conversations about it with my close friends and they want to know like like one time I started a conversation with two of my guy friends and they started talking about like porn stars they like and all this stuff they started sharing with each other. I was like, whoa, I- I'm not really comfortable with all that, man. I- I'll just – I'll fess up to the activity but I'm not going to go into like my details here because like again, I'm like I-, I-, I keep that shit like locked in a vault, like a personal vault where I'm like, nah, man, nah. I don't just like give that out freely like nah, man. I'm, I'm cool. I'm, 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 I don't know about that. So anyway. I can – appreciate that one don't you worry yeah but it's interesting that there's so many metaphorically speaking different flavors of ice cream when you log on to those websites yeah, yeah. they got basically a category for everything have you seen the scooby-doo parody one they made i haven't watched it but i'm aware that there's a sexual parody of like every popular pop culture thing there is a porn parody of it i think it's like rule 54 or some shit if it if, if, <laughs> if it exists there's porn of if it. it exists there's porn of it uh, but let's talk about that a little bit, if you're comfortable. Sexual fantasies, because yeah. I, I this question literally got posed to me over the Thanksgiving break by my dear friend uh, Morgan Alonzo, because she likes telling me about all of her sexuality all the time, whether I asked or not. Which I appreciate the comfortability that she has with me, but also I'm like, you know, Morgan, sometimes less is more. But you know, we're both adults here; we can have these conversations. And if you want to talk about it, fine, let's talk about it. But so, what do you do? You, what do you, what do you find? She basically asked me what my sexual fantasies are. So, before I go any further, what would you say yours are if you're comfortable sharing? Uh, this will make you laugh. Have you ever seen Step Brothers? The movie with Will Ferrell yes. and uh, 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 John McKinley, right? No. C. Riley. John C. Riley. Sorry, I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, John C. Riley. What about it? You've seen it. Yes, of course I've seen it. 
scene of the scene <laughs> where the therapist is in a oh, chair no. and he bursts into the room and she goes, Lumberjack? Oh, no. <laughs> so, you got, so, not to label that. Hear a, me out. Yeah. Think of, think of Wolverine, Logan. Okay. In the woods. He's got a tank, he's got an axe, and he's chopping wood. Yeah. Firemen's lumberjacks they wear those wife beaters they wear suspenders and yeah. they have an axe like it's the it's the thing let yeah. it be also v for vendetta tuxedo mask phantom the whole cape the mask oh, and the single rose it's like what's up i see you in a bar or if my significant other ever dresses that at halloween don't speak don't take the mask off don't ruin the illusion <laughs> It's been prevalent. You gotta admit, I had Sailor Moon growing up, tuxedo mask, and then I found Phantom of the Opera. There's a dude with the mask and a tuxedo, and then finally, Viva Vendetta. I was like, holy shit! Society has made me fall in love with this character. So, do you have any female sexual fantasies? Oh, Tomb Raider, my god. Ooh, Laura Croft. Yes, indeed. Laura Croft. Like, I want to be her. I want to fuck her. Like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> You're fine. I, we I can use that either. language. Oh, yeah, I can say. Oh, good, good, good. I, Laura Croft. The good, um, but basically, my fantasy is always just having one of each. I like a dude. I like a chick. I like them both at the same time. Where it goes from there, anything extra, I don't care. Uh, like, is there role playing? Like, I don't. I don't need anything basically extra. It's just fun on its own. Yeah. So my answer to the question was, I don't really get into role playing. Like, like if I'm with someone, like actually with someone. Like, if someone wants to play, I'm like, I'm not into role play. Like, can we just do this? Like, can we, like, I, I don't need all this. Like, uh, I, and I'm not really good at dirty talk because I feel like I'm a very awkward individual and that carries over into the bedroom. Like, I'm very, like, I'm just, like, I, little as talking as possible because I feel like I'm going to screw this up. So, like, you know, there's some insecurity in that department and anxiety. So, but, like, as far as, like, porn sexual fantasies and stuff like that, I was, I was telling her, I was like, you know, I don't really have these, like, wild and crazy fetishes or wild and crazy, like, ideas. Like, I just find the ordinary sexy. Like, I find, like, situations that are, like, like, uh, I always, like, as a young man, I was like, oh, man, I had, like, like, I would watch porn with involving, like, teachers or something like that. Like, a, like a stern uh-huh. teacher or something like that or, like, a schoolgirl or something like that. Or, like, now I'm, like... You know, scenarios that, like, seem realistic that you just – they just happen to end in fucking. Like, that was, that was my answer. Like, like uh, I, I there's some, like, real estate agents. Like, you're like, oh, the little sexy little thing is giving a tour to a guy and then they're like – they like, he's like, I don't want to buy the house, but do you want to fuck? And he's and she's like, yeah, let's fuck. And then that's that's generally that's generally the flavor I'm talking about. It's just like – it's like random shit. It's just like ordinary life, but then it ends in fucking. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that's mm-hmm. kind of like – I guess it's the spontaneity that I find – like the real, like realistic, but like porn realistic, like the realism of it, and then the sudden left turn spontaneity of just fucking. I find that erotic. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so now I'm gonna show up at your work, and I'm gonna just oh walk God. in, and I'm gonna say, "I heard your copier wasn't <laughs> I'm here to change the tone. Well, unfortunately for you, uh, I don't work in an office anymore. I work exclusively from home now, so. It would be for well, a company. It would be for an audience of one. <laughs> new, new one. I'm just gonna. I'm an old school. I'm gonna get a 1940s like milk truck outfit. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, lie cleavage. You knock on your door and you're like, uh, Rachel. I'm like, no, the milk lady. <laughs> <laughs> or I have brought a package. 
My favorite is a magician. <laughs> You're just like, I can make you disappear and it's gone. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, uh, some public stuff, like, where it's, like, two people, like, filming themselves in public, like, you know, privately in public, like, where they're, like, hidden and shit. I find that, find that very... like Yogi Bear's Cave? Wait, what? Like Yogi Bear's Cave? No. Well, (laughs) not specifically that area, but, like, something similar to that, yeah. And, like, you know, all these scenarios where it's, like, yeah, it's kind of manipulative and obviously it's fake, so that's how I rationalize it away, but, like, where it's, like... A pawn shop or something like that, or just scenarios like that. Like I'm very, Ooh, very. Pawn sc- shop feels dirty. Well, yeah, you know, I'm just very scenario based. Like it's like you're just like living out a scenario, and then it immediately, then it instantly turns into fucking, and then you're like, oh man, yeah, that's awesome. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be great in real life if you were just like going about your day doing random shit, and then like a porn star like quality woman was like, hey, you want to fuck? And be like, well, yeah, let's fuck right now. That that that's kind of where my mindset is at. I'm being well, very. I, I completely agree, <laughs> but I try and be that person in my life for my significant other. Just like show up, nothing but a trench coat. You weren't expecting this, were you? <laughs> I'll be honest. And then they kind of just roll their eyes at me and say, "Yes, I knew exactly what you were doing." <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm feeling very exposed right now. I'm feeling very vulnerable because, I, again, this is not an aspect of my life that I share with people I consider really good friends, let alone publicly, but it's out there. It's out there. And so I think that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get across. Like, this necess- this shouldn't necessarily be repressed. Like, you're cool uh-huh. with sharing this. This doesn't make you a bad person if you admit to being sexually attracted and turned on by certain things. Like, you know, uh-huh. that doesn't make you a bad person to be, you know, to be explicit about it. To be like, hey, man, yeah, this is what gets me going. Because, like, yeah, it's everybody. It, that's the thing I keep telling myself. It's like, you're not weird. Everybody's fucking weird, John. Like, everybody has their thing. It's all right. It's all right, man. You're all right. <laughs> I also have terrible, according to several of my peers, I have terrible taste in women. Like, my the porn stars that I do like, like, when I do share, they're like, oh, what is, oh, man, you're looking at, like, I, I, I like, the, like, supermodel-esque. You know how, like, people accuse supermodels of being too skinny or, like, too lean or, you know, all that stuff. But that's kind of the general archetype i guess that i go for and like i got friends that are like nah man the thicker the better and shit like that i'm just like see that doesn't really do anything for me like ass really doesn't really doesn't do anything for me you know that's understandable everyone's got their own cup of tea yeah definitely definitely uh well i feel very very safe with you but i still feel like i'm like oh my god i'm i hope i don't get like looks and judgment from this shit like in public i hope luckily not a lot of people listen to these episodes so like hopefully (laughs) so in my opinion if someone were to like hear this conversation and say they were to judge you or me i would look at him and be like if they even said anything i'd be like wash me in your judgment give it to me because guess what i do not care because you're living your best life Oh man, I I just I did want to talk about something else, but I feel like we're a little too late in the game for that. But uh, well, just give it to me anyway, and then if you decide you want to edit it out, you can edit it out. I have a problem with blowjobs. You have a problem with them receiving oh. receiving blowjobs happens too quick. No, not at that. I don't feel comfortable receiving blowjobs because it makes me feel I feel selfish. And I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, I don't like to be a selfish lover or selfish participant in sexual behavior. Like, I just feel like I'm just like, 
I'm just like I just sit there and I'm if I when I receive one in the past I feel uncomfortable because I'd rather obviously be fucking but like obviously like I just don't know what to do I don't know how to just enjoy something like that like I feel like I'm it feels demeaning to my to the the lady giving it or like and I don't feel comfortable like I just I'm like I don't know what to do like I'm like do I just sit here and do this like this is so I, I'm much more in a like I'm, I'm much more in a reciprocity when it comes to love making and sexual activity because like I also like being in control like I, I I'm I'm a secretly I'm a control freak I'm not sure you were aware of that but like I don't like feeling like I'm not in control especially in the bedroom you I completely understand yeah like you literally just told this like now it's funny because i'm like i'm meant to get this podcast because i'm so comfortable with everything in life but like with that it's i completely i'm the exact same way yeah. i would much rather give than, than have someone do that if someone wants to go downtown and order a taco i'm like <laughs> you know what let's just let's just go right to it like let's yeah. go right to it or how about instead I order a hot dog? You know what I mean? Or or I order a taco. I or we'll do a, on the receiving. Or we'll end. do something equally like a sixty-nine. Ha ha! Tied it into the episode. Yay! <laughs> you did, you did. But the problem with doing a sixty-nine with the opposite sex is it can get like like oh cool you got you got you got balls on your face now. Oh ew. oh yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, I never thought about that. And sometimes that's a great thing, but not when the booty hole is right it's it's, it's not that fun 69 for women when balls are involved but like so like like i i'm i have no problem with foreplay like i'm understanding you gotta you know preheat the oven before you cook right like i understand that but i just i'm like i just remember a good friend of mine once said he's like you know john every now and then I just thinking, man, I could go for a blowjob right now. I'm like, really? I, why stop short? Like, why don't you be like, you know, every now and then, I wish I was just fucking somebody right quick. Like, I was always like, people who really enjoy that, I'm like, I just don't understand it, man. Like, I'm like, I don't feel comfortable receiving without offering something else. Like, I'm just like, that just feels demeaning and it feels selfish and I don't really like to be a selfish lover. And I'm not trying to like – prop myself off prop, prop myself off uh, for you slip right there i'm trying not trying to prop myself up i'm just like i just don't it feels weird like i think it should be a reciprocal thing where i'm like at least have some say and i think that like intercourse like sexual intercourse is more you know it is more equitable i guess is the word mm-hmm. yeah but like it's just one of these weird things i'm like well, but then like it's it's just another aspect of my life like i'm afraid of like not being in control of anything any situation in my life like not being in control terrifies me so like or not even being like i feel like the choice is taken away from me my own agency i guess and like i could get very psychological here but i don't want to talk all night with you because you know you have things to do and i have things to do but like i just i find my own sexuality like i'm like i thought i was a pretty progressive guy and i thought i was pretty open guy but come to find out i'm actually I'm actually pretty much a prude, and I've kind of resigned myself to that because I'm like, well, you know, you know, that's just how I am. But, like, if I did meet someone incredible who wanted to try a lot of exotic things or just out of the ordinary thing, unconventional things, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd hear them out and be like, all right, I'm comfortable with that. I'm willing to try that. But, like, there are some things I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, people are like, would you ever let a girl, you know, 
go down on you and like do something with your booty hole i'm like absolutely not that is never happening fuck that i am that is a that is an exit only like nothing is going up there if i can help it man that is if if i may on that stigma that is a very unfair stigma heterosexual men because or as biologically karmatic it would put it for the years of judgment on anyone who felt otherwise it's very unfair that the male g-spot is actually is back there yeah and so i think it's so unfair for you guys because i know i've known so many like people when we talked about this we're like never 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 and it's like you do know like the thing that will just push you over the edge harder than anything is is right through those gates and they're like nope nope absolutely nope because it's like okay respect it respect it but just so you know other side of that gate. I just think that it's the cultural thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I wanted – I guess I wanted to talk about this and bisexuality because I had this conversation recently before, too. As far as like I do the penetra- – like in our society, I feel like your like male sexuality is don- is fundamentally defined by penetration. Like we do the penetrating. We are not the penetrated. You know, I think that that's a big – thing and i think that i that has rubbed off on me and maybe if i if it wasn't so prevalent in our culture at least male culture masculine culture maybe i would be more open to that but i i it's gotten to the point where i'm like i can't even i don't even know i've been conditioned and it's kind of like if i may keep talking even though i'm talking way too much on this episode because i didn't want to give you plenty of time to speak but i did it was also like bisexuality like when we talk about bi curiosity and bisexuality I know that I'm a heterosexual. I am not attracted to men like aesthetically, sexually, physically at all. It, it, it does nothing for me. But what I find is the interesting question about bisexuality, especially with men, is women are – there's much more leeway when it comes to women in our society and our culture. But men, I feel like it's been conditioned in us so much that anything non-heterosexual is wrong. And so I feel like – I never – even if I was – even if I naturally had those inclinations to be attracted to a male or want to engage in that kind of activity with a male, I don't think I would have ever been able to because it would have been repressed in me and oppressed to an extent. Like we are conditioned to be like – I don't think that I have – basically what I'm saying is I don't think I have any natural inclination to want to experiment like that or try that aspect, but I'll never know if I ever did – because I feel like it was conditioned out of me. Does that make any sense? It does. It's always been like, you know, um, movies, people, and like even people who are like really oppressive and just against that, and they're like, they use gay as a derogatory term and things like that, and those other words that you don't want to mention earlier, and no one should want to mention. It's funny because those same people will be like, oh, two girls kissing, but if they saw two dudes kissing, yeah. they're completely like, oh, no. And they, they say the, mo- the most disgusting things about it. And it's very – it's okay if women do it, but if dudes do it, it's not okay. But guys have also always had a tougher time with even just simple emotions. Like, yeah. it's okay for girls to cry, but God forbid a guy wants to cry. Like, even today, people will say man up to little boys who are scared when they're getting shots and things. And it's just very unfair. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the patriarchy. And everyone was like – Largely, the patriarchy is unfair to females, but there is slight double-edged sword that the fact that men – like I feel bad for men who are you know, either homosexual or bi-curious or pansexual like you who 
who never got to experience or explore that aspect of themselves because they were conditioned and pressured and oppressed and repressed from ever experiencing that because of culture or the the culture they grew up in or the family they grew up in. Like I, I legitimately feel bad for those people. Like I again, I don't think that's inside me at all. I it definitely I don't feel like it's lingering somewhere that's left that I need to explore anywhere. But I honestly feel bad for the men or the anyone, any person that like that went to their that have lived full lives and gone to the graves, never exploring their that aspect of their identity or their sexuality because it was beaten out of them or it was mm-hmm. like tor- like to an extent tortured out of them. So it's sexuality is a very funny thing to me. I think that's the lesson that it's all taught me. It's like it doesn't need to make it does first off it doesn't need to make sense to you. It needs to make sense to whoever the person involved is participating. Is. Yeah, it's like it doesn't need to make sense to you. As long as you're not hurting anybody, it doesn't fucking matter. Like who the fuck cares? Like and you can't judge because we're all weird. Um but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have left to say. What is there anything you want to leave the audience with? I think we've gotten pretty intimate and we've divulged some pretty interesting things. Do you have anything else left to say before we get to the questions? No, just consent is key, but be open-minded, be excited, and don't be afraid to talk about things out of fear of how other people will react. Like, say you want to talk to your partner about something, talk to it about them. Even if you don't do it, at least you're talking to it about them. I think that's key, and whoever your partner or partners are, as long as we're all adults here, as long as we're all open, and just, just be... Be open-minded. Just be open, like you said. Like, just, it's, and not, and I would, I would urge everyone, obviously, like, rape, sexual assault, pedophilia, all these things, that is morally wrong. But I would urge everyone, short of those crimes and offenses, sexuality is not necessarily directly, directly correlated with morality. So just because you're into some kind of unconventional or unusual doesn't make you a bad person. It just means you're different. It's I think we I think we need to all realize that. Unless that involves animals, because then we have bigger issues. Yeah, exactly. Like things that like are <laughs> that's, a, that's a morality. <laughs> yeah, like again, rape, sexual assault, pedophilia, to, like very evil things like that, bestiality, all this shit, like all these far end of the spectrum things that are very dangerous and very unhealthy and very evil. Those are definitely, yeah, they're wrong. But, you know, like I said, like, if someone's into certain things and you're you're not into it, doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means you're into different things. It's not necessarily reflective of either one of y'all's souls or moralities or consciences. So, anyway. Oh, boy. We're looking forward to that conversation for, over, like, almost a year, and I don't think – I think it delivered. I think it, it landed. What do you think? I think it landed. And I feel, feel – like, it- Yeah. I think your listeners are going to be very open to it. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope so. Again, anyone who wants any feedback, you know, anything you want to share with us, fafpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at fafpodcast. If you want to share anything with me, feel free, man. And you want me to put it on the episode, on next week's episode or whatever, feel free, man. I'll and I'll keep it anonymous, whatever, man. I'm, I'm totally down with whatever. So I, I like feedback. Anyway, so you ready to do these questions? Yes, I'm very excited for these questions. Okay. Now, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be Laura Croft. Ta <laughs> tying it back in. I mean, tying it back. I like. I wanted to be a spy. I wanted to be an assassin. And even as a kid, 
I was like assassin, like not even like I didn't have any crazy awesome ideas. Like, oh, they only do hero things. Like, oh no, I was down for the evil too. I was like, hey, that's how we change governments. That's how they like. I was like five, and like I am ready for the FBI or the CIA to or some random thing to come to me say we have to fake your death. You have to leave everyone in your family. You'll never see your mom again. You're going to special spy school to kick some ass. Nice. And that's what I wanted to be. I was like, hell yeah. This is, yes. Well, <laughs> How I, about you? I think there's time. There's still time. Uh, but I, 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 I jumped around a lot. Like, I remember I wanted to be a cop at one point. I wanted to be a weatherman. But I think the first thing I ever really wanted to be was a jet fighter pilot. I think I'd saw – I think I'd seen Independence Day. And I was like oh seven, eight, seven years old, six or seven years old. I can't remember when. That, I think it was ninety-seven that film came out. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be Will Smith's character, basically. Like I was like, I want to fight in the skies, man. Like that seems so awesome. But then I was like, yeah, that's probably not gonna work. But anyway, so that's dope, man. I totally that totally fits with you in a good way. All right, uh, in a good way. You want to kill bitches, but in a good way. <laughs> All right, if you came into a large sum of money, say you won the Powerball, the lottery, or whatever, and you took care of all your expenses, you paid off all your debts, you set up everyone you love with millions of dollars, what's the first big thing you'd buy? Animal sanctuary. Uh-huh. 100%. I would, like, two things with that, like, an animal sanctuary, like, two things falling under this organization of, like, setting up thing. One, buy a huge plot of land and make sure it's set for at least like you know 10 years because they'll become a non-profit and start like getting things in but like for senior dogs for pit bulls rehabilitation animals those kind of things any like animals that are wounded animals then also uh like re use any of the other money for to like reestablishing coral reefs and things like that hmm. helping our oceans how very uh altruistic and generous of you I mean, people don't need to, like, Keanu Reeves is probably, like, I want to be a female John Wick. That was what, I should say that, not even <laughs> Tomb Raider. I wanted to grow up to be a female John Wick. And I would have used all of the money, like, Keanu Reeves, the actor does. Just, like, he doesn't need that much. And he's like, I need this to survive. And he yeah. donates most of his money to other people. I would do that about anything involving uh, animals, like sharks, reefs, and you get the idea. Like, mm-hmm. help out. The furry friends I and imagine, scaly friends. I imagine you would look good in a black suit and black tie. I mean, Dude, that's a future cosplay. There you go. Uh, okay. What chore do you absolutely hate doing? Wait, 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 what would you do with the money? Oh, what would I do? Oh, I always said like I would – I think the first thing I would do is like I looked it up once. You can live – an American can live in the UK or Ireland for like three months before they kick you out. Like so I think I would like <laughs> – I think I would – the first thing I would do is I would like – after I set up my bank accounts, my trust, my lawyers, all that stuff, got all that shit out the way, I think I would be like, okay, now that I'm done all that, I'm going to go live in Dublin for three months for like 90 days. And then days. find you a fiery redhead that you can marry and then you can have dual citizenship. There you go. Uh, I think that's the first thing I'd do or I'd buy a nice house, like a mansion somewhere or like a penthouse apartment in Manhattan or some shit like that. Like I would I would do something crazy. I would do something boring Oh, like very nice Manhattan I like. Yeah. Okay. So again – what chore do you absolutely hate doing? The bathroom mirror. The bath, the specifically the mirror or the entire bathroom? Specifically the bathroom mirror, and that's oh. because my best friend got me a toothbrush recently, and I love it. It's like the super, like amazing toothbrush. Yeah. Like I can't even like begin to describe the tech involved in this toothbrush, but it gets so much like, and my mouth is closed, and it still somehow manages through the vibrations to get 
toothpaste on the fucking mirror. So it's kind of like how people joke with laundry. Like, your laundry's never really done because you're still wearing clothes yeah, yeah. when you do laundry. I Well, to beat that, I do laundry naked. Boom. But no matter how many times I clean the bathroom window, it will always get dirty. Or <laughs> the bathroom mirror. And so that's my least favorite chore, man. <laughs> I think what we all learned is... On laundry day, don't go over to Rachel's house. You might you might get a little too familiar. I absolutely I, it's similar. I hate doing bathrooms because I don't like cleaning toilets or tubs. But the mirror never bothered me. But the countertop, like the countertop, the sink countertop, I really hate cleaning sinks, like bathroom sinks. But similar to yours, but but more broader or not more broader, but broader. Uh, I don't more like cleaning, general. more general. Uh, I I don't like cleaning bathrooms. I don't like cleaning tubs. The mirror, I never really bothered me. I always felt like Windex always took care of that. But like, like I always you did. Get the, this like Sonic Burst toothbrush. Your teeth will look amazing. Your bathroom mirror will look horrible. Trust me. <laughs> well, I'll I'll keep that in mind down the line. Okay, so say you were going on a road trip. Uh, I know you like to go on road trips every now and then. But like, say you're going on a road trip. Like you're going on a long trip. You stop at the gas station. You got to grab a snack for the road. What are you grabbing? What's your favorite candy bar or snack? Takis and gummy worms. Wait, what was the first one? Takis and sour gummy worms. Takis are like super spicy. Like think of hot (sighs) Cheetos. Okay. But they're tortilla chips and they're spicier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hot Cheetos and Takis Um, and uh, sour like trolley gummy worms. I don't think I get down with the spicy chips. But I can get down with the sour worms, man. I definitely get down with sour sour worms. Love me some gummy worms. I uh, I usually – what I usually do now is if it was a candy bar, it's a Twix. If it's chips, it's probably pretzels or just a regular snack. I would probably go uh, Hostess Donuts, you know, like the sleeve of six little mini donuts. I usually go oh, there as well. Oh, the little six chocolate. Oh, I go the, I go the Crunch. I don't know if you've ever seen oh. them with the Crunch. They're really good. I really like those. Uh, but they're like 500 calories a pack, and that's, ooh, that's a At lot. At that of... point, just go to Dunkin', though. Yeah, for Oof. real. Uh, okay. What was your best and what was your worst school subject? Best was science. Okay. Uh, I actually can toot my little science one. I got to go on, like, special science trips to different states. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and also, I was in, like, senior physics when I was uh, in freshman, and I got to, like, sit in then like, college credit anatomy class the next year like i was dope at science my worst subject was history and not because i wasn't good at it and all that uh because the teachers and i would debate way too much about conspiracy theories and it just would always go south so fast we'd always be yelling the science does surprise me because i don't think we've ever talked about that but the history what you described as history that makes absolute sense to me like yeah that's rachel right there that's definitely oh yeah Hundred percent. I'm gonna be like, you didn't talk about this. You didn't talk about this. It's like all these things, like don't sugarcoat slavery. Like we, would, I would just get in debates, and I wouldn't be afraid to be like, you're wrong, and then like back and forth with the teacher. Which is funny because like I think I'm the complete inverse of you. My worst subject by far was physics. The physics I took in college, I've never felt dumber in my life. And then my best was usually either English or history. Like I, I just found I find stories very interesting. I find people very interesting and that's kind of why i majored in psychology when i was uh when i was in college because like i just find people's journeys and i find stories fascinating so that's but physics i hated physics dude i hated fucking physics and that fascinates me about you because you're so fascinated by people's stories and the psychology of things and how they react to things yet you don't like doing escape rooms but i think you would like escape rooms 
from my perspective yeah. of the watching people oh, and yeah. seeing how they respond to things. I think you would love that aspect of it. Yeah, with escape rooms, I, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, like, I don't get into it, but I'm fascinated by people who do. Same way I'm fascinated by people who get into wrestling. Like, I'm fascinated by, oh, like... Oh, God. Don't compare escape rooms to wrestling, they'll cry. But it's, like, it's, it's the same... I don't think they're the same... I, maybe apples and oranges, but I just find I I also can't get into wrestling. Like, I just I find things. That's because it's a soap opera that, with yelling. Yeah, I just find things like that fascinating that I cannot. That it's like a blind spot for me, where I'm just like, am I missing something here? Like, so I'm fascinated by my own blind spots. I'm like, okay, so you don't get it, but why did these people get it? Like, that's what I find interesting about escape rooms. Well, I, next time you visit, I'll let you on my side of the camera. Yeah, definitely. And I also, I don't find competition. I, I'm also not that competitive of a person. I really don't care about it. So as long as I'm having fun, it doesn't matter. But I'm really also fascinated by how seriously people take it as like a competition. Like that oh, is 100%. very cool. I think it's all about having fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what is the best vacation you've ever taken? That one's hard. I want to say I haven't taken it. And when I mean that, like, I've had a great time in Hawaii. Okay. I've had wonderful times just enjoying New York City. Yeah. I had a great time in New Orleans. Yeah, uh, I love all of my vacations, but I know the dream vacation or the best one is in the future. Mm-hmm. And that is a train ride from Istanbul to Paris on the Orient Express. <laughs> And let me tell you, I'm going to bring a dead body with me, and then I'm going to yell, there's been a murder! <laughs> Just so I can reenact the only murder on the Orient. <laughs> judge me. Anyone can judge me. They also have a pancake car, so I'm excited. I'm they not going to judge you. I, I could judge you, but I'm not going to judge you. Uh, what was the best vacation I ever took? I've, I've, had, I've had to answer this question a, couple, a few times on this, and I think I've said a different answer each time, but I think the last one... Uh, I was in Boston. I think that was the last best one I took. Boston, was, you were in Boston. I was in I was in Boston. I was I was right there by the uh, the, uh, the 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 square. Uh, I was I was at the uh, Hilton Ooh, Hotel. That's really good. Yeah, it was fucking the wicked. Dude. It was, I got to see some relatives. I got to see my uncle. I got to see my aunt. I got to see my cousins. It was it was fucking awesome. It was it was. Can fucking... I ask you a question about Boston? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and even if you have any like friends in Boston, maybe they can answer this for me. I I love The Departed. The Departed is probably one of my top twenty movies. Like, I okay. just, it's a great movie. I always imagine you would be like, "Hey, have a good day," and someone from Boston would be like, "Don't you tell me how to have my fucking day." <laughs> well, okay, I I do not. I do have family up there, and I did get to see them while I was up there. And most of my mother's side of the family is from that area, so. I do have some insight, but I would never claim to be an expert on Boston. Oh, okay. But I would say that that movie was definitely like hyped up and amp- like heightened up for dramatic oh, effect. Because I always like, hoped that would be the real situation. Like I'd be like, "Well, have a good day," and then someone would be like, "Mind your fucking business." And I would like, actually fuck make you, me you really fucking happy. square. Go fuck yourself. You fucking like you fucking limp dick bastard. What the fuck is wrong with you? Get the fuck out my that- face. So everything you just said, that's, you know what, go back into going back to fantasies. That's my fantasy. Uh, well, I, I will say that, speaking of, that is the one accent I can actually do that I'm actually confident in because I grew up around it. And uh, I think the trick is kind of because of the part and because a lot of films in Boston, set in Boston, they they, they over-amplify the accent. It's, they make it cartoonish. They make it like, oh, yeah, lowish. And they, they make it all like hot eyes and... 
Harvard Yard and all this shit. It's like it's it's much more yeah, lazy. It's more like Harvard Yard, you know, family, aunt, brother, mother, you motherfucker. You, oh yeah, the the down the give me a few dollars. I gotta go to the bar real quick. To it's much more relaxed and much more lazy than people. Say dollars do. again. Say dollars again. Dollars. I love it. Yeah, you go to the you gotta go to Martha's Martha's Vineyard. Uh, my grandmother, she's from uh, Medford. She's uh, we uh, when I was in Boston last, I took a tour of uh, MIT and Harvard, and then uh, went to Cambridge. We went to we had lobster. It was fucking delicious. I had a lobster roll. We had some fried cro- we had some fried shrimp. It was fucking delicious. So it's much more lazier. It's much more like f- it's it's not as it's not this cartoonish. It's not this cartoonish hard yard. Give me a dollar for a tonic, Johnny. It's not it's like it's not this cartoonish accent. It's more it's much more laid back than people give it than you see on screen. Oh. So. Okay. Well, that's, I'm so happy about it, but I still I like the I like the cartoon. I like the yeah, the it's funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's not it's not that realistic. Anyway, it's not real. Okay, so I think I know the answer to this one. Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to all animals? This will surprise you. All languages. Oh, you did surprise me. Okay. I, I know how, you know how much I love animals. Anyone that knows me knows I prefer animals to people. But hear me out. I think animals are extremely easy to understand and communicate with, actually. You just have to be patient, yeah. calm, and listening. Granted, yeah. I, I mean, when it comes to medical situations, if my dog is not feeling well, I would love to know, what's wrong, little buddy? Yeah. Did Timmy fall down the well? That kind of thing. Like, those things, yes. But in my opinion, I have a beautiful relationship with any pet I've ever had. A horse yeah. saved my life literally because it was just there for me and we never spoke but there's been so many times where i've met someone who you know was deaf and speaking sign language or wanted to help someone from japan or something like give them directions and i haven't been able to speak yeah. or seen someone sad and wanted to talk to them to make sure they were okay but we had a language barrier and i feel like so many problems could be solved through miscommunications or like but not having those and being able to communicate. And I just want to make everyone feel loved. And if I could tell them in every single language that they are loved and there's a friend for them, then I would be so happy. But let me ask you a real question. How bad would you like to talk to a sloth? Shark, actually. I would much rather talk to a shark. <laughs> okay. Huh. No, hear me out. I love, I love sloths. You know, I get triggered. I will cry. Yes. But sharks are my favorite animal. Like, sloths, I think, are fucking adorable. They're useless fucking creatures. But damn it, they're cute. Uh, but sharks, sharks are like one of my dream vacations, if not the Orient Express is to go shark diving and like, there's a, there's this lady in the Bahamas who has a chain mail suit and she goes down there in the water and she's like a shark whisperer and she takes hooks out of their mouth. You have no idea how many times I wanted just to send her an email and be like, Hey, you're going to die one day. Would you like an apprentice now (laughs) that gets used to the sharks and can take care of the sharks when you're gone? Can I like, can I give you a little advice? Don't start a message with you're going to die one day. That's, (laughs) that's kind of fucked up. Not old age. But she like she's she's besties with the sharks, man. That's a dream. That's I I don't fuck with sharks. I don't have anything against them. I just don't fuck with sharks. Well, uh, I'm glad you're not fucking sharks. That's great. <laughs> Sounds dangerous. So does swimming with them. Anyway, would you I rather give have kissed on the little face? <laughs> would you rather have unlimited pizza or unlimited tacos, including burritos for life? Unlimited tacos. You don't even have to throw in the burritos. Unlimited tacos. I fucking love I mean, I understand there's breakfast pizza, but there's breakfast tacos. There's dessert tacos. I mean, granted, there's dessert pizza, but hear me, just... And I understand I'm also throwing bruschetta out the door, like flatbreads, when I get rid of pizzas. It's like tacos and burritos. But I love 
I love Takis. I love Top of the Border food. Man, love it. if I could have fried shrimp tacos every day of my life, oh, mm. with some cabbage or like some, some coleslaw with it or just something. Crab tart. meat tastes better in a taco. It does yeah. not taste good on a pizza. Oh, man, a crab Avocado taco. tastes natural on a taco. does not taste natural <clears throat> on a pizza. And trust me, I order avocado pizza all the time. I'm I'm with you on that one. I'm definitely taco. Like I I love pizza. I miss pizza every day. Like I dream about eating pizza because I can't have dairy products. But even if I didn't have that dietary restriction, I think I'd go to tacos because I think they're more versatile. Like you could do much more with a taco. You can do a lot more with a taco. Anyway, you can make a meatball sandwich with a taco. You can make meatball taco. You could have a pizza taco. There you go. Uh, You could have pizza taco. I don't think you'd. I I don't think we'd ever have to force you to sing karaoke. But if you had to sing karaoke, what song would you pick? I have tons, but my go-to is The Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, my God. Are you ready? Are you ready? <sighs> Go ahead. Sweat, baby, sweat, baby, text, 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 Oh, it fits in with the video, too. There you go. For your, your, your podcast. <laughs> I think mine is still Melt With You by uh, Modern English. Oh, that's a good one. It's not too cha- It doesn't feel like that's a too challenging of a vocal range kind of song. I think, I, I think my terrible voice... God, you and your 40 and slips tonight. Wait, what? You said thong. Oh, my bad. I meant song. I didn't even catch that one. Uh, 40 and slips. I, I think that I could my terrible voice could manage something like that, but uh, I really wish if I could sing if I could really sing if I could like sing like le- actually legitimate great, I think I would choose "Can't Take My Eyes Off of You" by Frankie Valley and uh, the Four Seasons. You know, you're just too good to be true. Oh, I love that song. Can't take my eyes off. And then when he hits you with that, I love you, baby. baby but I can't. I, if I had to sing that, it would like glass would shatter, and poor poor dogs would be like cowering in pain. So like I, I don't. I mean, I like, like to think I can sing Adele, and some people say I can, and then my boss is like, "Hey, who sings that?" And I'm like Adele, and he's like, "Let's keep it that way." <laughs> anyway, all right, last one, and then I'll we'll call it a night because I do have to edit this all in one night and release no, it no, tomorrow right. morning. So. It's been, but it has been lovely. I'm so glad. Like we were looking forward to this for a while, and this episode came out pretty much exactly how I expected, and I loved it. And thank you again for being on. Uh, thank you for having me. Always. Uh, if you had the entire world's attention for 30 seconds, all conscious adults, what would you what would you tell them? What would you say for 30 seconds? <laughs> breathe. Literally breathe. There's been so many times where I forget to breathe. And other everyone forgets to breathe. They get caught up with stress, with bills, with life, with everything. And if you just take a second, stop, and just stop being so critical of yourself and as hard on yourself as you are, a majority of people are. Yeah. And just love yourself, love everyone around you, stop hating, stop trying to dictate other people's lives. Just... Look at it and ask yourself, is it really worth it why you're so filled with hate or why you're so angry or why you're so stressed? Look at it. And if you can take a step back, baby, you won't feel as bad as you did. Amen to that. I'm not even going to try and top that. I think that was very uh, cogent and just very, very well said. So that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. I hope that 
this whole sexuality and sex conversation, while we did make some jokes and the episode is episode 69, I think that we had a very intelligent, very well-rounded conversation about the topic. Rachel, thank you for being on. I love you. You are my wife. You're the only woman who will probably ever have that title, whether it's official or not, whether it's legal or not. So thank you for being on and thank you for being so supportive of this pod and supportive of me. And I love you very much. I really appreciate you. I love you, John. Thank you, hubby, for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, if I don't get to talk to you later, I sure, I probably will. But like, I'll you definitely. Will. You will. Yeah. Because I got, I got questions, so you need to answer. And you promised you'd answer later. <laughs> Not tonight. I got to edit. Thank you for doing this. And if I don't talk to you, I will. But if I don't, everybody out there. Oh, have, I'll harass you. Don't worry. Have a happy, have a happy holiday. However you celebrate your holidays, have a happy holiday. And, Cheers to 2019. That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys for listening. Please like, subscribe, share. FAF Podcast on Twitter, FAFpodcast at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook. Please find me. I'm you know on Twitter, the John Flores, Instagram, the John Flores. Rachel, do you have any plugs you want to throw out there? No, I'm plugging John Flores. Plug it, plug it, plug it. <laughs> All right. Probably shouldn't say that phrasing. Plugging John Flores. <laughs> anyway, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. Everybody have a great evening. And Rachel, I will talk to you later. Thank you again. Bye, love. Night, night. <laughs>